Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The Jazz Weekend, and we have the Roaring Forties in studio a little later on to play us some live jazz as usual. Mind you, the examiner this morning says the meteorologists, those that study weather, are saying that Ireland could be facing into a dry and a white winter. Um, AccuWeather are forecasting, or at least attempting to forecast what the winter will be like. Uh, dry is fine. White? I don't know about that. I mean, it can be romantic and look lovely, but it causes hassle then for people trying to get around. There's pros and cons to snow, really, isn't there? But already, to jazz it up is the front page making the echo today with uh, lots and lots of uh, guidelines being announced and clarifications yesterday. Almost all events are sold out on Lee's side. Last minute accommodation options are very, very scarce according to the echo. Hotels are saying that they're essentially uh, booked up for the, the long weekend. There's an incredible photograph on the inside pages of the echo today, which is the cold room from Cypress Avenue. I've never seen so many kegs, really and truly keg after keg stacked on top of each other. There's almost no walk room in there. So good luck to them all at Cypress Avenue and thanks to Cypress Avenue and the Old Oak for coming on and sharing their thoughts yesterday morning. Just looking at a photograph of that, like you can see as the echo puts it, the sense of excitement particularly when it comes to pints. Uh, but anyway, COVID curfew on closing time for the bars is gone and nightclubs and all other venues can operate at 100%. The first headline I saw on this yesterday was online on breakingnews.ie where they said that nightclubs were allowed to open uh, 100. <laughs> and I was saying... A hundred? They left out the percent. Uh, Anyway, 1,500 people can stand at indoor gigs. Multiple tables will be allowed, paving the way for Christmas parties. You know, you can book multiple tables kind of close enough to each other. So Christmas parties are back on the uh, on the cards again. That's my understanding of it. And then people who can sit at one table goes up to 10. 15 if you bring a few kids with you. Uh, ordering at the bar is allowed as well, but you must bring it back to your table. So good luck on that one. I said that's going to cause a little bit of uh, uh, confusion, um, particularly when the pints are in. But dancing at gigs, but no pints at the bar. Nightlife resumes to full capacity tonight. Now, interestingly, uh, Leo Varadkar said the private security firms may have a role uh, in Checking COVID certs at pubs and nightclubs. Um, now, I'm assuming they're talking to private security firms already on that matter uh, because they really are ramping up um, checking um, clubs, pubs, restaurants. Uh, and anybody where punters going in to socialise in particular. Um, so anyway, that's a story that makes this morning's star where they say that most of the restrictions now pretty much have been lifted with some precautions staying in place. And of course, uh, the, the biggest restriction is the unvaccinated for reasons best known to themselves as to why they won't get vaccinated. And some it's medical reasons, some it's a matter of principle, but they must remain outdoors. Crackdown on COVID passes, as I was saying, where the private security firms could be brought in. But the licensing laws themselves, um, and the timing is important on this for the bank holiday weekend, back to late bars again. The downside, of course, to, to COVID and coronavirus is that uh, health workers also suffer. And 1,800 health workers are out on sick leave at the moment, which means that tens of thousands uh, of surgeries uh, are being cancelled because they're shutting down wards. And that's a front page of making the independent today. But a story I'll return to with Barry Roach from the Irish Times, so I won't spend much time on it now, is a story that makes the front page of many of the red tops and the court reports in both the Examiner and the Echo this morning, where uh, a 61-year-old man trapped two rats and released them into his workplace. There was some alleged grievance with a member of staff of his management team. And he was in court yesterday before James, uh, Judge James McNulty. And he got jailed for six months. So just the headlines on that. The Mirror this morning says, you dirty rat. 
€3,000 worth of damage when the rat went wreck and did wreck inside in the office. And uh, a little early in the morning, I know, to be talking about what a rat will do in an enclosed area. But there you have it. It's a rat wrap and you've been caught is the front page of From the Star this morning. And I will come back to that in a few minutes' time. One of the online stories that I want to deal with a little later on is a Cork Live story where they talk about uh, a Cork tea. Well, actually, I'll be talking to... Um, uh, Deputy Thomas Gould a little later on. Uh, these two tenants uh, believe that their landlord, um, you know, intentionally got them out of the property, gave them very little notice so that he could rent the property out to tourists over the jazz weekend, turn the property into an Airbnb ahead of the jazz. Cork Bio had the story uh, yesterday, and I'll have a look at that a little later on this morning. And of course, the poor old pony that I was telling you about up on Blarney Road, just dead on the footpath uh, with, uh, like, uh, you know, I mean, it, what a story that Pony could tell um, as to its life, you know, on how unhappy was that life? How cruel was that life? The, re, the, the mistreatment of animals in society these days. Uh, and the photograph of the dead Pony makes this morning's, this morning's echo. Um, uh, you may be following the case of Nadine Hussein. If you are, uh, there's been uh, some updates since uh, the newspapers went to print. Uh, like the examiner, the Echo this morning is talking about, um, you know, uh, the government is being urged now to intervene in the case of uh, Nadim Hussain, the Indian, Indian asylum seeker. He's living in direct provision. He's lost uh, his application and permission to remain in Ireland. And he's gone on hunger strike. This is his eighth day of hunger strike and he has been moved to hospital now. That's the update. He's been moved to hospital with swelling of the pancreas. In other news this morning, and this is um, just breaking news overnight, the story of Alec Baldwin, who apparently, unfortunately, shot um, a fellow crew member at a movie that he's making at the moment. Shot two of them, actually, and one has died and the other is injured with a stunt gun. So that's a story that's making the news online. But staying in America, uh, Donald Trump makes the... He's banned from Twitter and he's banned from Facebook. I assume he's still banned from both of them. So now he's decided he's going to launch his own social media network and it's going to be called Truth capitals, T-R-U-T-H. I wouldn't put anything past Donald Trump if he says he's going to do it and it's something for him, he probably will do it. And if you're looking for love, the mail this morning says that if you're looking for love in an online world and you're checking out people's profile on dating apps, then you need to be looking at guys who have dogs, ladies. Look for guys who have dogs because uh, apparently scientists have now revealed that one easy way to tell if a man may be hunting for love and the right man for you is they're more likely to suit you if they include a picture of a dog or they mention a dog in their online dating profile. If they have a dog, it means that they're interested in a serious relationship. Like the guys who are looking for short-term relationships probably will have photographs of fast cars, motorbikes, um, or themselves bare-chested, assuming that they have a presentable bare chest. Now, I'm assuming that they have a fast car or a motorbike or they just don't stand up to next to somebody else's or they're on holidays and they take a picture next to a 911 portion of Ferrari and pretend. And then you end up meeting a guy who has a pretend Ferrari motor car. But anyway, by all accounts, apparently dogs, in the eyes of women, dogs and men make men appear masculine and dominant. And apparently it also sends out signals, gentlemen, you need to know this. It sends out signals to the fairer sex or to whomever you're looking to date that the male in question can look after a pet and then therefore probably can look after a child. 
You know, it's going back to Neanderthal things that were implanted in us way back into our DNA. Papers also this morning. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Apparently, the big costume for Halloween. Whatever happened to witches' costumes? I mean, that used to be the way before. And you can do all sorts of things for trying to put together. If you can't get a witch's costume, and there's plenty of them around, you can always use a black refuse sack. But apparently, no, it's the Squid Game uniform. The most searched for Halloween costumes uh, for next weekend. The red masked boiler suit. Um, that's the big one, apparently. And if you see the kids out and about, don't be surprised if that's what they're wearing. The prices, Spuds has gone up quicker than car fuel. Yeah, according to the CSO, I was reading it yesterday. You'll pay more for spuds now than you did this time last year than you did for fuel this time last year. They call it spudflation, I suppose. But more interestingly, we're still okay in the spuds department. Look at the poor misfortunes across in the UK. They are running out of Walker crisps because of a shortage of spuds. Don't even attempt to say now that we should be sending them Tato. They're all ours. The Neil Prenderville Show. Alright, let's just jump into the jazz early and I'll be coming back to it throughout the course of the morning uh, because Seamus Whelan popped down yesterday just to see what the mood of anticipation was like. The festival's gearing up to be the great weekend here on Leaside. Many Corkonians are planning to split their time across the city to the many live venues. We're media partners of the jazz this weekend and we'll be broadcasting live from the city and the metropole and all sorts of places like that but just uh, just for a, a couple of minutes yesterday Seamus Whelan popped into the city to catch up with Punter see if they were going jazzing for the weekend <laughs> We're just really like for the most, but we didn't realise it was jazz weekend. No. We're just no. for the night. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but now that we know. Now that we, we know. We're going to go, yeah, we might do something. We might go somewhere now. You might extend your stay, would you? We might. We, we might. might. We might. Yeah. I did. I go every year. Uh, so kind of, um, what do they call it? Not that slow jazz. Swing. To swing, swing stuff. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Because I was in music on my life, myself. And where would you normally go? Um, we just go to Kinsale. I was going to Blarney. Yeah. And um, it was open there then by the courthouse, or not the courthouse, the uh, opera house yeah. around there, you know. It was always there. And then you have the Metropole then, it's always, always Metropole, a big one. Yeah. Metropole is a big one. And will you be parking yourself there over the weekend in the, pe- in the Met? I don't know. I, I, I say I don't drink at all. You know, yeah. I see just purely for the music. Music I go. And do you look forward to the jazz every year? I do. Yeah, I do. I do. You know. What What is it about the jazz weekend that does it for you? Well, I like jazz. No, I don't ever get to participate in the jazz, but I like the jazz. You know, I, this year it's going to be a bit different, as you know, because we can't. Uh, you know, everything has changed. But but well, at least we have it this year. Last year we didn't. Yeah, we didn't, you know, we didn't. But, you know, once everybody minds themselves this year, because the numbers are getting very high, and I don't like that. It's a jazz again, first jazz again, had in, like, about over a year. So, yeah. oh, it's going to be crazy, busy. I, I must get a man. What? <laughs> hey, Johnny, you don't need a man to go jazz in there. I do. Oh. And it'd be lovely singing out at the Met. At the Costello, you saw it doing the, uh, the jazz long on the Metropole. Yeah. I listened to them now, donkeys, a good long time. Where are you going for the, uh, the jazz? Where are you I at? haven't decided where I'm going to put myself in Kinsale <laughs> anyway for, for the jazz anyway on the uh, Monday. Good. And I'll probably try the Metropole. Yeah, the Metropole. That's where we met now, the, uh, the Costellos. Yeah. They're from Mayfield. 
Brilliant, brilliant dog together. Well, I don't you get the actions, isn't there? That's very good, isn't it, for the jazz? Yeah. We've got you up there. And the Sunday. The brilliant the Sunday. You lay it on me, blue eyes. I love it when there's lots of brass, big brassy sound. And that one's got that. Frank Sinatra, Fly Me to the Moon. Another few jazz numbers and live jazz with uh, George and the Roaring Forties between now and midday. Lines are open at 1850 104 106. Incidentally, I was just thinking as well uh, this morning because nightclubs are back and we don't have a whole lot of nightclubs on Leaside anymore. But back in the day, I mean, there was like Dozens of them of all sorts of different sizes, all sorts of different persuasions. Very little now, though. I think it was all replaced on Lisa by and large by uh, late pubs. I mean, we have uh, Voodoo and we have probably Secret Garden and we've got Reardon's and, you know, Cypress Avenue, the Oak doing their thing. And maybe I'm forgetting others. But back in the day, there was loads of them. I'm wondering if you guys, if you were able to go back and revisit uh, a club or a disco from the past, where would it be? And I was just thinking about it this morning because like, say for instance, I mean, just purely from my own perspective, of course, you had Crojacks and you had Chandra's and Sidetracks and Coco's and you had way before that then, you had Good Time Charlie's and you had the Carousel, Delacy House, Henry's, Spiders, Elroy's, Cubans, Mangans, all of those sprung to mind this morning. But I'm quite sure that there are others that you guys might be able to think about that I've left off the list and reminisce. So what club would it be? You know, um, I played most of those actually back in the day. And, and I suppose, because my wife was asking me, if it was you, what one would it be? And, and I was saying, what Coco's I would think, because you had the Gay Future Bar attached to it as well. And there was an equal buzz in the Gay Future Bar itself and then into Coco's, either as a punter. Uh, or as a jock. Probably pub-wise I'm lucky enough in the sense that if I do go to a pub from time to time, they're still there. You know, we still have Barry's and Douglas, for instance. We still have like uh, for instance, we still have um, the Chateau and we still have places like the Long Valley and the High Bee is still there and things like that. But I suppose if I could bring back a pub, it probably would be Slicks because uh, that was a real buzzing spot there at the junction of Bridge Street and and, uh, and McCartan Street. So there are my thoughts. Yours are welcome. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Considering that the nightclubs are back, if you could bring one back, what would it be? Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Small little bit of housekeeping, lads, before we drive on. It's a free food Friday as well as we kick off the jazz with Oak Farm Pizza. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Tell us where you are. Tell us who you're with. Six large pizzas with the garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips, desserts, the lot. It'll feed 15 of you. You can pick them up in Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Kilabi Street and Douglas Village. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 and we'll pick a winner around about a quarter to midday. We also have double passes for the jazz at the Metropole. Your opportunity to take you and whomever you choose to take with you on a day of jazz at the Met. And when I say day, I'm not just talking about the night because a lot of the times it kicks off at one o'clock lunchtime uh, in the Metropole Hotel. So uh, that's all to come between now uh, and midday today. But I know, and listen to me, I know that many people have a fear of rats, a phobia of rats, a hatred of rats. But do listen to this story in spite of your fear, phobia or hatred because this will never happen to you. But it did happen, and it made the courts yesterday. Barry Roach, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times, joins me with it. Um, it involves a 61-year-old former council employee who's got six months jail because he trapped two rats and released them in the officers in the office offices of his former employer. He was in court yesterday. Barry Roach was there. Barry, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Now, I know the Times has it in the broadsheets, but the tabloids are having a field day. It's a rat rap and you've been caught. It's the front of this morning's star and the mirror has you dirty rat. But it's a quite serious story that released, they ended up with a, a six-month jail. Twelve and six six months suspended, wasn't it? What's it about? Yeah, it's a bizarre case, really, I suppose. A case in Bandon District Court yesterday from Kinsale. Uh, a chap called John O'Neill, 61. He's from Glenduff in Kilbritton. And he pleaded guilty yesterday at Bandon District Court, as I said, to causing uh, criminal damage. And the criminal damage was caused to the offices of Cork County Council in Kinsale, if Rat Beg there, on the 9th of February 2021, by him releasing two rats in an office space there. Um, his solicitor, Dim Shea, told the court that he was pleading guilty. So then Sergeant Paul Kelly, the court presenter in Bandon, he outlined the, um, the detail of how O'Neill had gone and trapped two rats brought them in in cages, released them into the council office and they caused about three grand's worth of damage. Um, it all stemmed from a grievance that O'Neill had with a member of the council management at the council office. As I say, he brought them in and in, uh, crapped the rats, brought them in in cages, left them loose and they um, were running around the offices for the days and every morning staff had to come in and clean up the rat excrement. Yeah. Um, can I just ask you, how, how, maybe I'm jumping there, but how do they know that the rats didn't get in by their own volition? Well, um, they became suspicious that he also caused, or the rats, sorry, the rats also caused damage to computers and electrical cables and things like that. Cork County Council brought in pest control, rent to kill. They killed and trapped, or trapped and killed the rats. But they were suspicious, so they contacted the guardie and Detective Guard Michael Brosnan of Kinsale. He began an investigation. He photographed the scene and all the damage. But he also obtained CCTV footage, and that's how they, they, they sort of um, solved this, as it were. They slowed down the footage, and they saw, saw footage of O'Neill reversing his car, his van, up to the back of the, uh, up to the office and taking out something, which he covered from the van, with his jacket and then emerging with the item again covered up so that's what my own understanding apparently I, I, I heard this uh, it wasn't said in court but rats are solitary animals so right. they don't they don't travel in pairs or worse. so the fact that there were two of them was unusual I think that may have aroused suspicion as well I didn't know that I assume rats were you know same as everybody else they 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 mate it and whatever else, but apparently they don't they, they, they're solitary and fend for themselves so anyway they found footage of uh, only they identified him and then Detective Carter Brosnan arrested him on May the 24th brought him to Bandigarda Station and the course of an interview he admitted catching and releasing the rats into the council office because he had this grievance with a member of the management team there he was remorseful he cooperated fully with the guardie Sergeant Kelly said and that was his assistance of them, to them because it could have been a difficult case to get over the line as it were in terms of prosecution we heard that O'Neill had no previous convictions previously a very good character and then Jim O'Shea his solicitor said that he deeply regretted it which was a daft thing to do and he said it was extremely stupid behaviour completely out of character uh, for him but it marked the culmination of a series of grievances and he submitted a letter from uh, uh, O'Neill's GP these grievances had been building and building for some time affecting his family life he wasn't sleeping it ruined the family holiday in Portugal and since then of course he's resigned from the job where he'd been working for the council for 23 years now uh, de said his client had simply flipped but the judge didn't buy that Judge McNulty took issue with him seriously with the word flipped which he said um, the expression just flipped indicated a momentary lapse of behaviour something spontaneous and he pointed out that this wasn't spontaneous in the sense that 
he had plenty of opportunity from the time he had the planet first of all he had to go out and get the traps he had to set the traps he had to catch the rats he had to bring the rats to the office he had to release them and uh, during all that process now we don't know how long that took that wasn't said in court but during all that Judge McNulty said he had plenty of opportunity to uh, realise that what he was planning um, he also said I think that uh, you know, yeah, he also said didn't he something along the lines that if he had grievances in the workplace there were other channels he could have gone through I think yeah yeah, there were other grievances or there were other channels available for him and he also made the point uh, that um, you know he said work conflict is quite uh, common but there are several means and routes available to him the, uh, but, and he pointed out the fact that the event was uniquely wicked he said and was committed with malice towards one person but then with gross recklessness towards many and that while the target was one individual several people had suffered as a consequence and he said Mr O'Neill must be held accountable and punished appropriately uh, Jim O'Shea said look judge he's reached the age of 61 he's never been in court before first time he's ever crossed the, the threshold of a courthouse and he pleaded for leniency but Judge McNulty said no it was uniquely wicked so wicked or sorry so uniquely wicked that it requires a 12 month prison sentence um, Jim O'Shea asked would he consider suspended given the man's age just like Clotty said no but he would take into account a number of factors the fact that he had pleaded guilty uh, mitigating factors the fact he pleaded guilty his cooperation with Gardaí his apology his previous good character his payment of compensation he paid he brought three grand to pay for the damages he brought three grand to pay for the damage and then his age so he said he was going to give him a six month discount uh, on foot of those mitigating factors but that still left him with six months in jail and uh, he sentenced him to a six months and he said if you think my reasoning is faulty and my punishment is too severe you can appeal it so he fixed uh, recognizance in the event of an appeal but uh, as of yesterday I presume the bond was lodged so I presume uh, John O'Neill is out but he has a six month sentence hanging over him at the moment until such time as it goes to the court Mm -hmm. uh, circuit court and appeal so he said as well sorry he made the point uh, Judge McNulty that he fully accepted there was little chance of um John O'Neill reoffending for this and that he didn't think he needed an individual deterrent as it were because he didn't think he'd come before the courts again something like this but he said uh, as a general deterrent he needed to send out a message to people that the courts wouldn't tolerate anything like this um, so Yeah that, I understand but did you I mean were people surprised did O'Neill look surprised? He didn't show any great emotion to be honest and he walked over to the dock area once he went into custody um, but I Talking to people outside, I think they were, yeah. I mean, the fact that he's 61 um, and no previous of any forward, and, you know, as I say, all the mitigating factors that he pleaded guilty, he cooperated, he paid compensation. I think people were surprised, yeah, generally. Uh, but then Judge McNulty had his, you know, he particularly focused on the fact that the guy had several, it wasn't, uh, certainly the, the use of the word flip sort of, brought out uh, judges or uh, prompted Judge McNulty to outline his thinking and the fact that it was went on over a certain time period no, as I say we don't know how long that was but that he had several opportunities during that period from catching or from planning it yeah. catching the rats and so forth to, to pull back and he didn't and that seems to I think have been the thing yeah. um, Also for the staff as well of course they were going into work every day with rat excrement and droppings yeah, and, and they must mean, have been I mean, freaked out by it Yeah I mean as you say like, people react differently to you know, rats are sort of, you know, rodents obviously are distressing for some people. Some people react, but it's it's an unpleasant, at best, it's unpleasant. Yeah, they were they uh, through cables, didn't they? And they, 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 they through, through lights, they threw out all the keyboards, 
They'd get a deep clean. There was rat droppings everywhere. It was very... That was, hap- that was happening every morning. It was between the 9th of February and the 12th of February. So there was effectively four mornings there, or well, three mornings, I suppose, 10th, 11th, 12th. Um, but, yeah, distressing. But a really unusual case, you know. I mean, you don't come across, thankfully, you don't come across cases like this. And as Judge McNulty said, there were, there were routes and avenues available to him to resolve his issues. But... And then I, I don't know to what extent. I mean, we're, you know, this happened last year. We're in the midst of COVID. Was that a factor? It wasn't said, but, you know, people are, your behaviours have changed, I yeah. think, in some cases. Yeah, you know, since, yeah. Since you last wonder time. what he was going through mentally because uh, yeah. uh, some people this morning on social media saying that it didn't warrant a jail sentence. You're probably aware of that, considering that others yeah, get suspended sentences. Yeah, I was people afterwards, and most people were of the view that it wasn't. I met spoke to some person who thought six months was light, but... I was surprised that, I mean, the fact that the guy had no previous you know I mean he's 61 and I, he's, he's effectively resigned his job so I mean it's cost him yeah. that way yeah. there, there are a lot of consequences for him well uh, somebody could I have mean, been bitten by the rat somebody could have got wheels disease they could have oh, been crippled yeah, for life yeah, there's potential yeah, I mean, for all of that and it's just I mean, you know, going into a place where, you know, the rats are on and they're crapping all over your keyboard. Like, I mean, that's not oh, yeah, every morning and facing into that. Yeah. And I suppose as well, the fact that Judge McNulty made the point that the grievance of one person, but no, we don't know how many were in the office, but obviously more than one person suffered as a consequence of yeah, it. Yeah. But the guy was putting his hands up. So it's, I don't know, I'd be curious to hear what your... Um, what your listeners think yeah because judges on, yeah. judges do differ of course in their own courts so let's get people's it's, thoughts on do, it but to be fair to Judge McNulty in this case I mean he has a logic and he explains it and yeah. he goes through it and this is yeah. the, the, the the result he comes up with and if somebody has a, if the, the defendant or their solicitor is unhappy then there's the route of uh, an appeal and so I presume we'll go to the circuit court on this and we'll see what happens there but again you know he's 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 very clear in his thinking on it and he's very clear like, I mean, he, he summed it up very quickly. I, I don't know when he... It had been up previously, but I don't think any of the evidence was given. Yeah, so okay. He was, he was uh, dealing with it for the first time, I would suspect, yesterday. But he was very clear and focused in on the the action and the time that it took from planning it, whenever that was, to the execution and the various opportunities at each of those stages that John O'Neill had to stop and think and say, hang on a second, yeah. this isn't the best. So he, he was very clear and cogent in his argument or his logic and that sort. And he had opportunities to yeah. stop and didn't. Yes, okay. So he was very clear in, in his sort of focusing on that and result, coming with the six months and as he said then it's, he fully accepted Johnny was unlikely to re-offend or drink like this again but that there had to be a general deterrence. Now how many people up there planned things like this? You know, his grievances it's an extraordinary unusual yeah, yeah, yeah. okay let's get the people's thoughts on this one Barry thank you so much for covering it for us have a good bank holiday weekend appreciate it as always <laughs> all the best Barry Roach uh, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times and yes an appeal has been lodged in this case and it will go from uh, the district court now to the circuit court where it will be heard uh, again and we'll see what happens there what are your thoughts on it do you think a six month sentence in this case was correct lenient or harsh? Uh, do you think there should have been a, um, a, a jail sentence? And if so, how long? Or indeed, do you think that it was too harsh and shouldn't have resulted in a jail sentence at all? That it should have been the €3,000 euro fine, a suspended sentence because the man had never been in trouble 
before. Your thoughts on that? Text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on one 850 Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868-104-106. Red FM. And so back to that story that I mentioned there at the top of the program. Uh, these are, this is, um, it's alleged anyway, I suppose, that this landlord in Cork on the north side uh, is trying to evict um, tenants because uh, that landlord wants to turn the house into an Airbnb ahead of the jazz. It's a story from Cork Bio yesterday. In fact, uh, Deputy Thomas Gould, um, TD for the North Side, has actually spoken to the tenants involved, joins me by phone. Thomas, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, you have, you have spoken to them. They're, they're shy individuals and uh, they're, they're, I suppose they're telling their story through you. So what happened or what is happening? Actually, what is happening, Neil, I, I suppose just to clarify, it's on the South Side. South Side? TD. Okay. Yes. Okay. There's, there's, five, there's five tenants involved. Three of them are students and two of them are working full-time. Actually, one of the people working full-time is working in the CUH, the frontline worker. Um, they're paying €2,200 a month for this house. Um, they've been there for two years. There's been no parties there. There's been no incidents with uh, neighbours or anything like that. Everything was fine. And then over the summer, um, this landlord ha- has changed his strategy and instead of... Um, Instead of going for long-term leasing, he's switching to Airbnb and short-term lettings. And he looked, from what I heard and what I've been told by the tenants, he asked them to leave, but he said he would give them another accommodation. And they said, listen, the accommodation is so hard to get, so we're willing to work with the landlord with that. And then a couple of weeks ago, he said, listen, I... This is what they're after telling me now, that he don't have any alternative accommodation, they have to leave. And that's really very common, Neil. Like, this this isn't, um, like, I, I get this story all the time where landlords just tend to leave and they give them, some of them give them the required notice, but a lot of times they don't. And what happened then on, the, on Wednesday, when we were in the doyle discussing a motion that one of them from Sinn Féin they put in to protect renters at the same time uh, the landlord, the manager, and another guy came to the house to change the locks and to evict his family or these tenants. Uh, now, the gallery were called, and the tenants weren't evicted because um, it's illegal to evict tenants unless you go through the proper procedure until you give them people a proper notice. So there's still tenants in the house at this moment in time. And myself and Donegal era, I'm eating them this morning at lunchtime just to meet with them because we were in Dublin all week yeah. to go through it. Okay, but I looked at the RTB this morning and somebody that's in tenancy in a house like that for four years um, should get 180 days notice. Did they get that? No. Okay, okay. But they're supposed and, to get and, and that. He, that wasn't given. And just supposed... This is what they're telling me and they have to take people on the world. And they, these are very educated, very shy people who... Um, who didn't want any fuss, who were fine and happy where they were, who were paying their rent every month. They're actually rent is paid until November, Neil. So how a landlord could come up and try to evict uh, people who have their rent paid up to November. And I, I rang them yesterday and I said, listen, there's are issues with the rent, there's the things that I don't know about. Yeah. I said, no, Thomas, we're paid up until the 6th of November. But he didn't, give him letter, he didn't give him notice to quit. You mentioned the summer he started talking about this. There wasn't a... He didn't give them official notice in the summer. No, and it, it's... It, it's Unless you get it in writing, yeah. with the right amount of time, it's not a notice okay, to quit. Okay, so he, they didn't he get did, that? 
this is really an eviction and I actually spoke about it yesterday in the Doyle and I spoke about it on Tuesday. Last week in my clinic, Neil, five families came to me with eviction notices. And in my 12 years involvement in politics, you normally get one or two on a bad week. I had five on one day. I've never seen the likes of it. I know those families have to be out now in either December or January or two of them in February. How and, many's uh, in the house, incidentally? Just five in the house. Five. And it, that's not too many. He's not saying, or he or she, I don't know who the landlord no. is. They're not saying that it's overcrowded or anything. No, he wants to put seven into the house on short term letting. Okay, so three of them are students and two are working, and he wants to five out to put in seven. So the, he- the headline in the Airbnb in, in Cork BO says uh, he's trying to evict them to turn it into Airbnb for the jazz weekend. I mean, is, is, that, is there any truth in that? Well, what Have you we seen any ads up online for that or anything? Yeah, what we were told is that the company who owns this had it advertised um, for short term letting for the jazz weekend. And that's why uh, he was trying to get the family, the tenants out on Wednesday to have already for the weekend. No, that's the information I have. And uh, and did did three men apparently turned up? Was it to change the locks yes. or something? Yes, to, uh, to remove the tenants. I did change the locks, but what happened was one of the, the tenants, uh, her dad was there. And when they knocked, he wouldn't let them in. He said, listen, this is illegal. What you're doing is wrong. My daughter and her friends won't be leaving. Uh, and what we're told then is that one of these guys pushed in the door, knocking the father and the daughter to the ground. And um, it's been alleged that uh, the father was put in a stranglehold and then had to be taken away by ambulance later on. Uh, from what I gather there's video evidence that the Gardaí have and it's, I just have to be careful there's a live investigation Well the Gardaí confirmed that they did attend the incident and they're inquiring into it Yes A disturbance yeah. in Cork 5pm on one Wednesday one man taken from the scene by ambulance to CUH as a precaution injuries not thought to be serious or life threatening no arrests they said Yes because from, from what I'm being told is the, the Whoever pushed in the door and knocked the man to the ground, the father to the ground, left the scene before the guard arrived. Okay. Well, so, well, you know, if there was no notice and nothing was in writing, this isn't. This cannot. This cannot happen to tenants. You know, are they going to? Ha- are, are they going to? Neil, the problem is this is happening every week in Cork. I will hardly the like the people are trying to push in the door and change the locks and there's a scuffle. No, I I got a phone call one day from a lady in Cork. The, the landlord called to the house at half past five on a Friday, knowing that everyone would be finished the working week. And he called with a guy to change the locks and put the family out. But, have, were, they, but were they paying their rent, for instance? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had to ring the girls in Cove to go up to the house. Uh, and the girls went up to the house and they told them to stop. And the lock was out by that stage. And they had to come back in the following morning for in a new lock. But if it hadn't been for the girls, and it was the same on Wednesday. The tenants were left in the house. To be fair to the guards, from where I can gather, the guards came up, they did their job, they were very professional, and the, the, the tenants were left in the property. But not, a lot of tenants just are so quiet or shy or do them a confrontation yeah. to just leave. And um, we're not talking about the 1840s here. Like This is 2021, for God's sake. Is this all about money and greed? And, you know, Airbnb pays more than renting as a private house? 
Yes, this this is about greed. This is it's actually gone beyond gone beyond greed now, Neil, because this landlord was getting two hundred twenty euros a month for the property. Two thousand two hundred, big money. Two two thousand two hundred euros, like no, there was five of them there. Like surely, we to God in this day and age, the average rent in Cork is thirteen hundred and fifty euros, roughly. So to get two thousand two hundred euros, it's an insane property, rent. Well, and then. The landlords, from what I'm being told, they're not happy with this and they want to make more money by going Airbnb, short-term lettings, uh, no notice given, no, the tenants have no rights. Like, it, it just goes to the whole heart of how renters who are out there know. Uh, like, you need other people coming to me who might have leaks in the roof or broken taps or no heating and they're afraid to say it to the landlord in case the landlord evicts them and gives because other people like, there are a lot of good landlords out there, and that's the one thing I'm about to say, Neil. They're really genuine landlords. Oh, no, but I, I know that, but we're specifically dealing with this story. What happens now if it's already been advertised up as an Airbnb for the Jazz Weekend? What happens if somebody arrives out to the house having booked it for the Jazz Weekend? I mean, that could potentially happen, couldn't it? Yes, that could potentially happen. So what? And, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, my servant, Don, you know, I'm going to meet with him today um, at lunchtime. The tenants? Yes, we're, we're hoping that... Um, they give the you, they give you a number for the landlord? You could call the landlord or anything, no? Well, you see, because there's a gallon investigation needle. Um, okay, all right. If there wasn't a gallon investigation, I would have, you know, but I just have to be, you know, yourself. I got you. So they're still in the house then? Yes, and we're meeting them while lunchtime today. Okay, okay, so, okay. Uh, be good to chat with you after the needle, weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the whole thing, on Wednesday, we had a bill in the dial to protect renters. And like a lot of your listeners who would be out there, these are people who are working, going to college. Like, if, if two, if, if, I, I had a case yesterday where a husband and wife both work with two children and they're afraid their landlord is going to put them out before Christmas. But they have no he, notice. They have no notice. So he can't, like, I mean, how long are they in the house? Yes, they're in the house three years. But the worry is there's so much wrong with the house that if they give out to the landlord or ask the landlord, not give out, if they ask the landlord to carry out the repairs... Uh, 180 days you're out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And for the family, but two parents working, two kids, like, what kind of a country is it where if you have two people working, that's like, hope, like being evicted was something that you had, would put down to people being homeless or people having problems, right? These are, it just can happen to any family now if you're renting because there's not enough protections there for them. All right, okay. Let's see what happens over the weekend. You're chatting with them again today. We might have an opportunity to talk early next week um, and we'll leave it at that. Incidentally, are you going out to the Jazz for the weekend? Will you be... Busy? Yes, I'm, yeah. uh, well, <laughs> I actually asked Damon Ryan yesterday at five o'clock uh, in the dial when I was speaking what was happening because at five o'clock we didn't know yesterday. So I'm looking forward to going in town. I love the jazz weekend. I think there's a, sometimes it's even just to walk around and have a coffee and go in and out of different bars if you can get in and have a drink. The atmosphere will be brilliant and yeah. I think it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also we're just doing something this morning if we could bring a nightclub back because nightclubs are back. Did you go clubbing as a young fella or a teenager or a 20-something? I loved it, Neil. I love clubbing. I so if there was one you could bring back, what would it be? Well, I started with spiders and graduated to Chandra's. <laughs> and I used to love the Lady, the lady Hostels. They had the music in there and they had the live acts. But I also, I used to love sidetracks. And the funny thing about it, Neil, sometimes when you're out canvassing now and you meet people, 
a lot of people have amnesia about being in psych class. <laughs> <laughs> Why, I wonder? <laughs> for all the right reasons. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back okay. in the day, that was a great spot. All right, so for Tommy Gould, it was sidetracks. Thanks, Tommy. Have a good bank holiday weekend. And, uh, Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Chat with right. you next week regarding those five tenants. Text 0868 We're back after 10. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And our lines are open at one 850 and it's all about the jazz weekend. Tony Bennett and uh, Lady Gaga with Let's Face the Music and Dance. We've got live jazz in studio a little later on this morning with George and the Rowing Forties. It's also a free food Friday again today into the bank holiday weekend, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So good morning to everybody at Clonakilty Garda Station. They'd love pizza for the weekend. TK Maxx and Douglas are listening. Morning to Lorcan and Preston and everybody else. Early Bird, Garden Central, Mallow are on board. Leia Healthcare, DPD, uh, Depot 27 are listening. The accounts payable to Barman at Dairy Gold, up Mitchellstown Way. More Morning, Ailish, uh, to Anne and all the girls in Passage West Post Office, Healy's Bread Distribution in Mayfield. Uh, hi, Claudia, to everybody at Art Fallon Late Night Pharmacy. Now here's an interesting one. Um, everybody in the Metropole Hotel were working so hard for the Jazz Weekend, it would be great for them to have pizza to enjoy when the madness is all over. Uh, to all of the staff at Greg House in St. Luke's Nursing Home, looking after my mum so well in these crazy times. Morning, Suzanne. Everybody at Joe Crowley Oils in Inishannon. ERA Downey McCarthy would love pizza working hard on the mall looking forward to the jazz EBO Home Rescue and BCE Consulting Engineers in Marina Commercial Park uh, Celtic Interior Fitted Furniture in Douglas and everybody at the Imperial and also Anna Scanlon a housewife on Thorndale Estate would love to win and share with the family over the jazz weekend so keep your texts coming text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 and we'll do some more shout outs in about a half an hour's time I was talking yesterday with the historian Kieran McCarthy with regards to uh, everybody being captivated by the story from Barrack Street from beneath uh, Nancy Spain's pub on Barrack Street. Six skeletons. And you may have heard on the uh, Red FM news across yesterday, the city architect, Kira Brett, uh, chatting with uh, Lano O'Connor about the archaeological excavation. I suppose everybody wants to know who they were, why they're there, and what happened to them. And I suppose with a little more time, uh, we will maybe be able to unveil and uncover and solve the mystery of the um, what I would call uh, the Barrack Street Six. But I, I invited Kira Brett on just to give us her interpretation and her explanation as to what it's all about. She's the archaeologist for Cork City Council. Kira, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Great, thanks. thanks. Thank you. Um, it's um, because you've done lots of different archaeological digs in the city. It's a medieval city. It's steeped in history. So, to some extent, there's nothing new to you. You were talking yesterday about all of the bodies up around the Gallows Green some years back, mm. and that in itself was 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 fascinating. But what's your take on this? I suppose it's early days yet, Neil. So I, I can't. You can't pin me down on a <laughs> on a specific date at the moment. I'll have to come back to you in a month or two, hopefully. But at the moment, look, it's, it's their fragmentary remains. We obviously have the remains of six individuals at the moment, and hopefully that, that's, that's it. I think we should be out of the, the site this afternoon, hopefully, or first thing Tuesday. 
Um, I suppose I believe they're they're quite fragmentary, but they predate the existing building, the, the existing Nancy Spain's building, which would have been 19th century. So I suppose just given some of the the work that we're doing at the moment, I'm probably veering towards 18th century or earlier, perhaps. So that would be 1700s or earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose I'm saying that based on, oh, on I suppose we have to look at mapping evidence and things like that. So there was a map from 1726 and there's another map from 1753 that shows buildings on the site at that stage. So they're possibly earlier than the 1726. Do you, in a dig that, like that, do, then, do you look at what's around them as well? Um, can that you help do. today? You, you, look, you look at everything, basically. Um, so at the moment, we're obviously digging them out with the specialist, with the human bones specialist digging it there with the with the archaeologist on the site. So she can tell things while they're digging. But I suppose her main job will be once we take them out of the ground, um, she's going to examine them and we'll be able to sex them, figure out whether they're adult or juvenile. She can tell a lot of things really from bone, even just visually. Um, she can tell diseases and things like that. And she'll probably be able to give a stab at what they died of as well. Yeah, and their age. I imagine you're referring to and their age the, uh, as well. Well, now the age now will be more scientific analysis on that then. We'll try and get car- radiocarbon dating on the bones. Um, they seem to be good enough quality, so hopefully we can do that. So that'll give us a date. And then there's another um, type of analysis that you can do. It's called isotope analysis. And with that, you can even find out what they ate God because you can my. figure out um, plant remains within their system. So you can figure out the diet maybe of what they had before before um, before they died. And that will give you a clue to the environment that they lived in as well. Amazing. So for us as archaeologists, that's very important. Yeah, it's amazing. Because we need... Without being on, too yeah. without being too macabre about it, it was suggested yeah. earlier in the week that somebody was saying to me that their hands were tied behind their back. Can you can can you confirm well, look, that? Look, I, I can't confirm that at the moment. No, Neil, we're still very early days. But look, I'll come back to you when I have more definitive answers for you. Look, it's it, we didn't expect to find human remains on this site. I mean, it's not a known burial ground. Okay, you're in a very historic area of Barrick Street, so there are lots of sites. Um, around and I know Kieran McCarthy alluded to to some things yesterday. Obviously, we've Elizabeth Fort down the hill, the gallows as you mentioned earlier up the hill, the siege of sixteen ninety. You know, there's a there's a lot of potential for what these could be. Yeah. So I mean, they're not. Um, how shall I put it? They're not. They're not a burial ground that we expected to find. Yeah. It, okay? So therefore, it wasn't. So, it wasn't a traditional burial in the sense no, that. It's yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, not. No, it's not. And I can, that's about all I can say for the moment. Yeah. And like they're quite fragmentary as well. You have to remember that as well. So you know, like digging them at the moment. Um. Okay. We're 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 recording them and photographing them and things like that and writing them up. But really, it's not until we take them out of the ground. That we can get so you can't picture, say really. whether it was attached to the siege of Cork or the the fighting, I can't, and, the camp. Really, and you not can't the say moment, whether they came, the to, whether they were hanged at Gallows Green or anything. No, you can't do that. Not not definitively. No, I can't. I mean, with regards to the hands behind the back and things like that, that'll be clarified down the line. Yeah. And then I suppose we'll just have to work with maybe historians as well on that and just figure it out. Do you know what I mean? But that bigger um, one in the garden up the road, were, were you involved yeah. in that? No, I wasn't. That was back in. Oh, it was 1989-90. Um, it would have been the curator of the museum at the time, Stella Cherry, Stella Cherry, who sadly has passed since. So Stella would have dug that. Um, those remains, I think, were just found. Somebody was doing some work in their garden, I think. And the remains are found. But that, that was a different kind of a situation in that all the remains there were um, 
disarticulated. So there would have been uh, like bundles of bones, if you know what I mean. Yes, not to be yeah. too. Not to be no, too I think there was about. Bones. I know that, but, but like there would have been leg bones and skull bones arranged. Was there together fifteen and of them? Like was there? There was well, probably between twelve and fifteen, maybe. Yeah. And that, apparently, somebody was saying to me that there that there there was neck damage, probably referencing maybe yeah, hanging. Yeah, well, that's that's probably the reference since the gallows. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, like the bone specialist can tell. Can tell Fascinating, isn't it? Okay, so, so yeah, so no, you, it's amazing, and like I'm excited that we found it here, and as you know, it's one of our own our own building projects. So um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's important that we do this right as well, you know. And we've had an archaeologist in there from the start because obviously through the planning process, I myself am are involved. I'm involved with that. Yeah. So but there's I no. I mean, clearly, this is way there. beyond the remnant of the Garda Shikana, which only goes back apparently seventy years. I'm told, isn't that right? This Eerie, is a, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is, is, like that's a kind of an unofficial kind of a date, really. I, that stems back from some legislation in, in England. I think the Burial Grounds Act or something like that. So they kind of use the seventy. The seventy years mark, but um, look, I suppose effectively it just means that it's not um, an issue for them. You but know? in a city it's like hard. Cork, a medieval city with layer upon layer upon layer of history beneath yeah. us, you yeah. must have the most fascinating job. Oh, it is! It's, it's exciting. Some days are more exciting than others. Now, Neil, I'm a bureaucrat as well, <laughs> working in the in the halls of city hall. But no, it is fascinating. And like I'm primarily based in planning. So um, I'm involved with a lot of the developments that are happening in the city and planning for those. So it is very exciting. I do a lot of outreach as well and some lecture series and things like that. Um, but so when you no, get an opportunity to roll the sleeves up, of course, and to just get into what you oh, do, archaeology. Great. Yeah, oh, that's fabulous. And I am a licensed archaeologist, so I do get to dig in the ground as well. But unfortunately, a lot of that has to be... Um, contracted out these days because there's just so much work at the Oh, moment. sure, I know, really, but really would busy. this be one of the more exciting um, projects you've been involved in? Uh, it would, and certainly finding human remains is, is exciting, but at the end of the day, no matter what age they are, you know, you always have to deal with respect and dignity with them um, when you're digging them as well, do you know what I mean? Like, right. it's fascinating to figure out where they came from, but I suppose you have to remember there there's somebody at the end of the day. Without a so, doubt, yeah. yeah That's yeah. why everybody's so, no, very keen and excited to get further updates in the coming I'm weeks sure, or yeah. months. And, like, I'd be, I'd be very willing to come back on again Fantastic. and talk you about that when okay. we have more information. Okay, but well, as I say, it's very early days, yes. Let's do that. Hope you get to um, put your trowel down for the bank holiday weekend, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will, definitely. Oh, I'll get to relax, all right, no bother. All right, <laughs> we'll have a good bank holiday weekend and we'll talk, we'll talk again sometime Thanks in the future. Cheers for Definitely. now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Us Cork City Council's archaeologist or city archaeologist if you like, Kira Brett. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106 Red FM. Talking yesterday about uh, insurance going up in spite of claim payments being going going downwards because it's changed by law. John says, just wondering, did you know that your car insurance goes up when you retire because they say you have more time on your hands to drive? Is that true? Um, that's kind of ageist in that regard, isn't it? It doesn't necessarily hold water, but he's saying when you retire, so it's something I have to look forward to. It's frustrating, actually, when you see claims being paid out lower now, but yet insurance for cars and also home insurance continues to rise. Talking about things that are frustrating, I mean, they, they don't want us to go into banks and they encourage us to do online banking. Uh, and, of course, they don't want people to go better work and they were encouraging people to work by Zoom or work from their kitchen table. But yet, of course, the infrastructures just aren't there to back it up a lot of the time. Has anybody ever had a question for a bank that you need answering on the phone and you literally pick up their phone number, their 1850 or the 0818 that's coming in January and you get these messages and this silly music over and over and over again? I mean, it's bad enough wasting all of your time 
waiting on hold, but it's actually very bad for your mental health. I mean, it's very, very frustrating. Uh, and you just get completely wound up and it can't be good for you. You know, it can just really wreck your day. I mean, just as an example, I don't know whether you guys can beat this, but yesterday I'm having problems with push notifications on my phone, which means that I can't do any online banking. I can't get the messages and the security texts that they're supposed to send you and there's nothing around my phone. So I've been trying and trying to sort this out and getting over with it, been into the three shop and everything and they can't fix it. But so I don't know whether it's a problem with the bank. So I rang yesterday and I was on hold originally for 29 minutes. Um, and a lovely chap spoke to me then from P- permanent TSB after 29 minutes of this torture. Uh, and we chatted for a couple of minutes and he was nothing he could do. So he said, I'm going to put you on hold and move you on to the technical department of the permanent TSB. So I was put back on hold um, for another, um, well, the, the whole total <laughs> by the time I hung up was 70 minutes. Now, I'm told it's chaotic at these call centres that they just can't handle the volume of people. They don't want you to go to the bank, they'll encourage you to use the phone or they encourage you to do what you can online. But you can't do anything online because you can't get any questions answered online. So, it's very interesting, funny really, because I said I'd wait for, I'd wait till 60 minutes. And I did, and that passed. And you know the way you'd be then, you said, wait another five minutes, 65. And I said, I'll go at 70. And I left eventually at 70. And nothing was achieved. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's so wrong that, that 70 minutes of your life are lost and nothing is achieved at the end of it. I mean, is this the way it's going to be? And worse, I imagine. I mean, it just makes no sense to me. But anyway, your thoughts on that. Text 0868104106. Okay, so we're heading into the jazz weekend. We know of a lot of the changes with regards to nightclubs and indoor and outdoor events. Late bars are back. Um, we know that. Um, and with regards to pubs, you can even go to the counter of a bar now, get your drink. You can't drink it at the bar counter. You bring it back. Um, maximum capacity now for of 1,500 uh, permitted to dance or stand at live music venues under the new guidelines for hospitality. There's that, that and, and lots more besides. No capacity limit on night, in nightclubs. And they reopen today. Uh, and lots of stuff like that. I was chatting yesterday off air uh, with a chap by the name of Sammy. Now, anybody who's involved in gigs or clubs or live events on Leaside, and particularly on Leaside, but right across the country, will know Sammy because he's the man. It, when it comes to sound and sound engineering and doing sound for gigs... He's the go-to guy and has been for a long, long time. He's, he's travelled with, done sound for Riverdance and Backstreet Boys and Imagine Dragons and Blink and Pharrell Williams and Roxy Music, Grace Jones. Coming back soon to do sound for Gabrielle at the Olympia in Dublin. But I think he's travelling and touring at the moment in the UK. So it'll be interesting to compare and contrast. Sammy, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. Are you, are you up to date as to the changes here? Do you, are you keeping an eye on things at home? Yeah, just just about, yeah. I kind of, it kind of still makes no sense to me, but... Uh you know, yesterday you couldn't have a gig and today you can, you know? Yeah, and you can so, have uh, 1,500 uh, permitted to dance or stand at a live venue um, uh, in, indoors, which is pretty cool. It, it is, yeah. Well, how, do, how are they going to police that, you know? If it's going to be in the three arena, how do you know you're 1,500 people dancing? You know? Anyway, look, either way, it's all positive, you know? So, uh, uh, bring it on, you know? No ca- so, no uh, capacity yeah. limits in nightclubs. Um, that, that would be harder to police, I suppose, with regards to... You know, people, you have to take your drink back and sit down. You can dance without a mask, but you... So how are they going to get people to sit down? That won't happen. Uh, I've, I've, I have no idea, and especially in nightclubs when people are drunk as well, you know. So I, I have no idea how that's going to work, you know. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that people are open and stuff, and I'm, I'm sure they'll work it out themselves, you know. Okay. It might be like the... Uh, 
might be like the nine euro sandwich, you know, the <laughs> last year, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, the sausage but, uh, yeah. and chips. What's it? So, you, I mean, you're gigging in the UK. How's that yeah, working? Because they, they've, they've, they're way back. They're way back open, way before us. Yeah, like pretty much. Like we've been uh, UK open up kind of in, in early June. They had a few, tri- few trial events, a few outdoor trial events with kind of limited capacity, kind of really to test the, you know, the contact tracing and the, the antigen testing and, and, you know, the whole kind of the way that COVID portal works, you know. Yeah. And then they just opened up first of all this full swing. And it was the busiest month, I think, ever for gigs in the United Kingdom in um, in, in history, um, in, you know, the, the whole of the September thing. So they crammed the whole five-month festival season into kind of six weeks, you know. How did they do it then? Say, how did they do the festivals? Was that all antigen testing or turn up with yeah, your so COVID pass? Or? A lot of it's personal responsibility. So if you want to attend an event or a football match or, or, or a gig or, or a festival, uh, you have to basically register with the NHS. Um, there's an NHS portal where you log on and get more details and stuff. They're not really, they're not too interested in whether you're vac- vaccinated or not. But you have to provide uh, a negative antigen test um, or, or have had COVID and a negative PCR test or provide a PCR test, you know. So to go anywhere, to go to any gig or any event, you have to you basically log on to the portal. Uh, your ticket is linked to your phone number, text message, etc. And that's how you get in. You know? And what does that uh, portal send you? Does it send you a, um, um, an, an, an admission ticket or what? No, so basically you get a reference number, like you know, like like anything, like 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 a bank reference number, or you know, like a confirmation text. Yeah. Uh, and you basically have to link that text, either if you're working at the event or attending the event. You know, when you, you can scan the two for me, for example, all the events I attended, you get a COVID wristband, which has got a QR code on it. Um, it's linked to your email address. You know, every day you get a questionnaire. You're meant to upload an antigen test every three days, a negative antigen test every three days. Uh, as a rule, we did it twice a day actually, so one in the morning, one in the evening, as a company. Uh, you know, everyone's on the same page for and staff that's for sport. staff but like for instance you know when punters want to go to a gig um, where do they get these antigen test kits they're not you cheap can, you can get it and in any any pharmacy in the UK you can just boxes hundreds of thousands of antigen tests sitting sitting them if you go to Boots uh, if Boots in any in any shopping centre there are boots or any any pharmacy. There's hundreds and hundreds of boxes of antigens. Take one, take it away. It's free. And then you go to a chemist here, and ten euros a one. So, um, so that that's basically. So yeah, really we're charged. So they're charged for in Ireland, and then in the UK, you can take a box or numerous boxes. You can take it. You can take as many as you want. I brought home five boxes with me, for example, and I take I'm taking one every couple of days here, just for my own my own peace of mind. And uh, yeah, absolutely, just anywhere you go, it, 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 they're like. Um, you know, like the metro, the metro, the free paper, they're like, everywhere you go, you can do that. And I wonder, are they considering that here? I, I hope so, because it's kind of really, 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 and I know there's obviously pros and cons with that, because you know, a lot of people would take one and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm fine now, and, and you know, they're not foolproof, but at least it's a good, at least it's a good, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, a lot more accessible, a lot quicker than, than a PCR test, you know, and cheaper as well. You but know, if you so. wanted to go to a gig or a nightclub, you'd have to have a negative uh, antigen test within three days of your clubbing, for instance. Exactly. No, no, within that day, and it's valid in three days. From out. So if I want to go within to that day. Oh, a, I mean, yeah. that seems a very effective system by virtue of the fact that it's free. Yeah, and it's free, and it's quick. You know, like you'll have the result in, 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 in two minutes. You know, they say ten, but within two minutes you'll have the result. But you are aware so, that numbers in the UK are skyrocketing, and I was reading yesterday that soon it'll be a hundred thousand positives a day. I don't know what pressure is putting yeah, on the NHS. Also, they're, 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 they're a population of eighty million as well. You know, 
So, you know, like, absolutely, you know, and, and, and it doesn't take away from the fact that there is COVID stuff going on, you know, but life has to move on. And, you know, obviously people, you know, people who have, you know, suffered from it and people have died and stuff, it's, it's very unfortunate stuff. But, you know, like, if you look, if you look at the numbers, and I'm no statistician, but if you look at the numbers, 100,000 out of, you know, out of, out of where they're coming from, you know what I mean? Like, realistically speaking, okay. that number is a very, very small number, you know? So, if we had the same system here of free boxes of antigen tests at, at pharmacies and chemists and what have you, it would mean that those that don't wish to ever take the vaccine could get into a pub or a nightclub or a restaurant with an antigen test. 100%. And I just read up on the NHS uh, website last night before we talked. Um, it just, yeah, basically says uh, to go to the event, you need to, you know, it, like the vaccine is irrelevant. Uh, it's 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 in the time. You know what I mean, so you you know you, you have the negative PCR test, negative antigen test within the three days, and obviously a negative COVID result after after Amazing. for COVID. Amazing. there's a bit of a there's a bit of a information there, but you know if you, you know if you can't be vaccinated or you choose not to be vaccinated, it still gives people the right to do whatever they want to do. You know. Yeah, it gives them an opportunity to take a free so, antigen uh, test every single day if they wish and go wherever they want thereafter. <laughs> Yeah, and I know a lot of companies in Ireland as well. I know there's a couple of companies that I have a relationship with aren't, you know, running at, you know, bars and stuff are running anti tests for, for their own staff, you yeah. know. They yeah. purchase them themselves, you know. And it's 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 a good indication that, you know, you know, if, if there's something wrong or there's not wrong, or something that someone doesn't feel well for whatever you know, you might have a sniffle or a cold or something, you know, it might be a bit more you know, instead of, and instead of tying up the whole health services kind of um uh, infrastructure as well, you know. It, I, I don't know. I'm no doctor and stuff, but from from my experience in in um, in, in, in you know from doing those shows and stuff in England, it, it, it works. I've, I've walked through probably a million people in, in three weeks, and I, I was fine, and all my colleagues were fine, you know. Okay. But, okay. Uh, Thanks you know, for that I, insight. I, I, I don't know the numbers of people who were who contracted COVID uh, at the events, but uh, it wasn't. If it was something like if it was a massive outbreak at Reading or Leeds or, or, or Download or any of these festivals. Uh, you would have heard about it, you know, and okay. I didn't hear anything. So. Okay, okay, you're you're away for the bank holiday weekend. You're not working oh, no, through I'm the jazz. For the bank holiday weekend, and we head off again next week. So a couple of weeks in the UK with Gabrielle and a few other bits and pieces. So, uh, <laughs> and next next year looks like it's going to be out the door. So looking forward to that. You know? All right, Mama. Well, enjoy your time back <laughs> and look after yourself. Thanks for taking the call, Sammy. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye. Okay, bye. that's just a, an indication as to how they're doing things in the UK. Uh, let's not take from the jazz here, though. All the nightclubs are set to finally reopen. Bars are back to late night and. Uh, no restrictions on clothes. Well, there are restrictions, but late bars are back, you know. It's none of this 11 o'clock anymore. Uh, and full capacity as as well for uh, for nightclubs, which is great. So that's the deal. 1,500 people standing or dancing at live events. And, of course, religious services and weddings. No capacity limits anymore now. Uh, and that's very good news. And if you're going to an outdoor gig, like a sports stadium or an outdoor event, full capacity as well. Uh, but the interesting about that is, uh, say, a sports stadium or an outdoor event, um, Spectators should be fully seated, but you can stand at your designated seat. Does that mean you can dance with your seat, I wonder? Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. And you can text 0868-104106. Good morning and a happy 90th birthday to Carmel McAuliffe of Drummah. Drummah. Uh, the request comes in to you from your four children, seven grandchildren, and five great-grandchildren both here in Ireland and in Australia. So happy 90th today to Carmel McAuliffe. Have a great day today. Our lines are open. We'll do some more Free Food Friday shout-outs and live jazz in studio with George and the Roaring Forties all to come. But I was asking this morning, with the return of nightclubs, uh, what nightclub would you like to bring back? You know, the nightclub that you loved most of all. And God knows, there was a time. 
We had so many of them. I mean, I listed out earlier, you know, the Pav and uh, Chandra's and Sidetracks and Coco's and, uh, you know, Good Time Charlie's, way, way back to Lacey House, Sir Henry's, Red's, um, Fast Eddie's, Gorby's, loads and loads of them, Cubans, and many of them all at the same time. All those days are well gone. We have loads of texts on it. The Foundry, uh, Zoe's, Sidetracks, The Pav, Mangans, Reds, Cubans, Savannah Browns, Gorby's, Chandra's, The Keg, Grapevine. Oh, what memories. Another one here. Uh, has to be Sir Henry's. A big part of my life, that club was. Great music that I still listen to today. Also, Reds and Zoe's. Great memories. What was that club that used to be over the Black Bush? The Oliver Plunkett, is it? Down there on that area? Uh, remember the Belly Button Club? Uh, says Chris Old nightclubs De Lacey House was the best three floors of different music yeah it was also Thomas Gould's um, club of choice Sparks and Bogarts upstairs in the Savoy both of those were fantastic great memories of my youth today I haven't a clue how I don't know uh, great memories youth of today haven't a clue how good music and entertainment was in the 80s ah well you got to give them a break we don't want to be sounding like old fogies you know back in my day uh, bring back Cubans bring back Bogarts Zoe's nightclub was fabulous says Joanne Anila would have to be Reds and a quick one here I loved the night in freak scene in Henry's bring that back again so keep those texts coming text 0868104106 let's find out what it was for Colette Colette good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? And the bunch of posers that you were. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they're not listening now. I'll be dead. (laughs) So for you, it was Pitts, Pitts Bar. Yeah, um, we used to, you know, if we were working, we'd meet meet up in Pitts Bar and then we'd have a few there. I can't remember, was it Dave? I was the owner at the time. And then we'd go over. Can you imagine now? What what decade are we talking about now? Hmm? What decade? What decade? The 80s. Um, would have been 86, 87. I was there in Mangan's from the time they opened. I worked there from the time they opened. You worked so, in Mangan's nightclub? Yes. Yes. The first night, uh, like we were all lined up like uh, celebs, you know, in our, in our attire. Yeah. So I was there from day one. What, what um, year was that? My dad died 1990. So it would have been maybe 88, it was, uh, 88 on. Were you bar um, staff or door staff? Bar staff. Or? Bar stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, did you, did you enjoy it? Did everything. Oh, oh my God, we loved it. Um, I loved it. We all loved it. We're all friends today. Um, we were, do you mind the Kardashians? We were the celebs. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were, oh, we were inside the bar shaking cocktails, uh, shaking our booty. Uh, Dressed to kill, is it, in your, in your leather skinny kill. pants? Well, yes, and my leather mini, and um, uh, uh, my friend Dee. She used to have, a, she was fierce tall, and she used to have those boots that they went right up the tie, and they turned down, you know, they turned down, um, like um, Adamant. Um, oh, yeah, I was a bit of Madonna, Bananarama, whatever my mood, that the bangles like, mix. <laughs> bangles, Madonna meets Bananarama. And was that yeah. uniform, were you obliged to wear that? Oh no, we, we we wore it. We wore, you know, we once it was black and white, so it was always a white blouse or you know a black tight top. <laughs> what happened to Mangans? Mangans, um, I I don't. I know um, Hamid and Mick Morgan. There was a, um, a few of them had the place, and um, I know it was sold. And I, to be to be honest, I don't know. I think I was there four years. Um, and um, where was it? Where was it? And what did it become? It it, it, it was a nightclub. After again, and it was called Mangans for a while, but it was a, it was different owners. If you know what I mean. Yeah. 
And uh, I worked in all the different bars in around Cork. I worked in the Phoenix and the Bowron and Don Tegan. And I'd often go into work and I'd say, oh, my God, no, I'm actually next door tonight. I, I worked in Charlie's and the lobby. <laughs> in the wrong <laughs> Yeah, you'd go into the Phoenix for change. And they'd say, what are you doing tomorrow night? And you'd say, I'm off. Yep. Can I work tomorrow night? We're short. That's <laughs> the way it was. That's the way it was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, um, so it would be pits for a drink. Mangan's then... Because you were working there, but would you go in there to boogie as well? Oh yeah, we, we I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd go in on our night off. I shouldn't say no when the bar staff knew us, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cheap, dr- so cheap we were drink. Well after. Well, we after. well after. And where then was, um, you could have a munch afterwards, I'm sure. Where would you go? We'd go into Pat Grace's then, the Breasts and the Bun and the Jojos. And, <laughs> oh, um, Jojos. I, should, I shouldn't be saying the names. Larry Larry was the bouncer. And he'd, he was our bouncer. Well, he'd, he'd go over there and he was the bouncer over there too, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I know Larry. He's still he's still yeah. and hearty out in the Douglas area in Fernstone. Is he still? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, oh, sure, people would be looking at us. Like, I mean, you, you know, you'd be, you'd be offered... Free Jojos, free burgers. You know, there was this guy. I thought he was gorgeous. I, I, I really had hots for him for years, and I met him later. Oh my God, years later in Duns, I think it was in Douglas Court, and uh, he said to me, I, "I always thought you were lovely," and I said, "What?" <laughs> and um, <laughs> he said, "But we, we were so afraid to go to talk to you." And I was, oh my God, he said, you'd be in the shat, you'd be in the pits, uh, whatever. We, we used to go when we thought you were working and all this. Oh, and, and how'd that make you feel? Me. Oh my God. I mean, I did. I actually blushed. I was waiting for my husband. He was getting in the car and my, my face, my face and, and my chest just blushed <laughs> when I when he said it. And um, <laughs> You were the untouchables. Huh? You were the untouchables. Didn't Mangans go on to become, was it hysteria at one stage, I think? I, I don't I don't remember no, that. No, that's, no, that's, I don't that, remember that's that. Carrie's Lane, isn't it? Yeah, down down by um, I'm trying to think of the pizza we used to go down for pizza down um Castle no no what's the name the pizza place? Janelli's something like that. On Windsor Street. No, down um Carrie's Lane from they're Mangans. All, they're was, all um, gone now. All the clubs are gone now. Yeah. It's late bars. Two chefs that worked with us, um they always wanted to open up their own restaurant. They you know, they used to do the suppers. Fair the chicken them. suppers yeah, and yeah. the hot chili suppers and they opened up their own restaurant in Princess Street who, who, jo- who jocked in Mangans do you remember? Uh, all I know is the guy was the head off of um, the spoof of Michael Jackson <laughs> and the guy that took off <laughs> with the glasses <laughs> and and of course I used to go up and I used to say um, you know the sexy voice could you ever play some Madonna <laughs> And he'd get all flustered. <laughs> and then no He doubt. was more yeah, he fancied you, yeah, see, in all your gear. Be, he fancied you. Yeah, obviously. they'd be um, oh yeah, you know, they talk about um joke people might think I'm very fuddy duddy when I'm in the supermarket, but we all had a life. <laughs> we all have a past. <laughs> Hold on there a second, Lisa. Hi Neil, how are you? Good. Did you work in Mangans as well? Um, I not when it was Mangans, when it was Casper's. If um, a friend of mine, her family bought it, and they called it Casper's because you know the building is haunted anyway. But oh, when I talked right. about it, it's we- it's Weatherspoons yeah. now, isn't it? Isn't it's Weatherspoons now, and then it went from Casper's to Hysteria, which was one of the best nightclubs out there. It was fantastic. I worked in there, and I absolutely loved it. I worked in Sightrax. I worked in the Pav. I've just done most of the the nightclubs around. God, are you great, did great times. 
I, I mean this in the in the nicest possible way. You did get around. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> I was very good at my job, Neil. So yeah, I worked yeah. in lots of different pubs and nightclubs, and it was such great fun. Like all the staff were your best friends. Oh, it was fabulous! I still would be quite friendly with a lot of them. No, you know, we'd all still see each other. And stuff. How are your eardrums, though? Um, perfect, I think. <laughs> <laughs> don't seem to have any problems. And tell me about the ghost in Mangans. There oh, is, there's yeah. always weird stuff happening. Like, I mean, when we worked mm. in there, when it was Casper's, which was hilarious, I remember there's like internal phones. And like, so there'd be one in the office downstairs and then there'd be one in the kitchen and, you know, in each bar. And we were in the building one day getting ready to for the night ahead and the phone downstairs in the office started ringing and it tells you where it's ringing from so it's say the kitchen or whatever so it was from the kitchen was ringing down we were like oh jeez there's no one else here only like four of us wow. so my um, my boss at the time she went up and she said oh, I see just some, must be someone up there so went up kitchen door was locked because it was locked with a big key you know oh for god's sake and she opened it went in there's nobody there happened twice and I remember her mother and father were there and they thought it was really strange and weird so they got the phone company and everything to check it and they couldn't find any issue and that was just one of the things what I've else heard, I've heard yeah I've heard oh, yeah. like then we'd come in sometimes and like that and it always seemed to be the kitchen I felt we'd come in and one day like the smoke alarm was like going off and we were like Jesus what so we went up to check the kitchen was all smoky there was nothing on or nothing in there and as soon as it literally came and the smoke and stuff was all there it went again and it was like and no source of the smoke and always the kitchen area something going on in the kitchen it it always seemed to be kind of upstairs I felt and then like a few times you'd be sitting outside and you'd be having a drink you know up we say the top floor up by the kitchen and then toilets outside would start just flushing (sighs) randomly what? Yeah. Jump in there, Colette. Do you, did you experience oh, anything yes. in Mangans? Um, do you know, I was actually going to mention about Nancy Spain's, you know, staff, working with staff, you know, I met along the way in different pubs yeah. and they would have said that there was something going on in Nancy Spain's. That was just in my head to say to you if I had the opportunity. Isn't that, that amazing? Did, did they say what? Right. Like, was it just a sensation? Oh, they'd say like, um, oh, I'm trying to remember now, different lads and girls, you know, I'd say where you're working and then the... Because I tell you why, Mangans is haunted. That girl is definitely right because yeah. I would talk about Mangans to them and then they would mention, you know, Nancy Spain and Nancy Spain's. But I remember cutting lemons um, years ago in Mangans. I was on my own because somebody would have to open up, you know, during the day, I, I think it was around four o'clock or something. And I was cutting lemons and the next minute, nobody in the bar, just myself, the mirrors behind the marble worktop, somebody put their hand right on my shoulder I swear my mum and dad's soul. Oh, my God. I'm standing here. I just got right the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. And um, one night I had my mum's wedding oh, did ring you, did on. Scream? Did you scream? Oh, God, yeah. And Dee came in. She worked in the design centre. You might remember in the Queen's Ocasio. I remember Dee. I remember Dee. Yeah, do you remember Dee? Dee Spillane? Yeah, she came in. Yeah, and I, I was like a ghost. And then she said, oh, you know, this place gives me the creeps. Or I'd never go out and change the, um, the barrel, you know. So-and-so, I'd ask so-and-so to do it because I wouldn't go down there and all this, you know. But, um, it's bar- it's, it, you know, it's all part of the graveyard, I found out later in years. The it's old Huguenot? Yes, I'm St. Peter and Paul's. Yeah. And, um, all, that ro- all those uh, houses were very bad ten- tenements and they were part of the graveyard the you have two you have two graveyards left and right of you actually yeah so yeah, you um, it's on it's on burial ground really 
that restaurant that you were on about as well a while ago, I think it's called Garibaldi's. Is, oh, that's Sorry. right, honey. That's where we used to get pizzas, yeah? They used to bring it up to us on Saturday night. You guys need to have a Mangan's reunion, you hear me? They never have man- never bring it back. But um, I remember my my mum's wedding ring. I had it on my my finger. She had died in eighty four, and I had it on my hand. And this guy said, uh, "Are you married?" You know, over the bar. And I said, "No, no." And he said, "You're wearing a wedding ring." So I said, "Oh, that's it." So I took it off and I put it into a, a glass. And um, nobody could have taken it. God, God Almighty, no, no way. And uh, it was gone. I I actually served served somebody. Um, turned around served somebody maybe again and then I thought you know what no I'll push it on because I said I'd never take it off and, and it's gone. It's gone and it's it just a plain gold band it wasn't you know stones in it or anything it was just you know I know, I know people would band, I know people would be you know? saying that a work colleague whipped it but you're saying that no, no 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 Bizarre. I mean if you were like if you were working on a start tonight the heat and I actually had put it in a glass behind the till you know there were big huge tills and I had put it in behind the till out of, out of eye shot there's no way um, somebody knew I was there. Well, you know, if somebody and, um, put their hand on your shoulder and you swing around, there's nobody there. I mean, you can't beat that. Well, that's gospel, yeah. And I mean, I, I could tell you different staff stories about different things up in the ladies' bathroom. There was one girl, if yeah. she was asked to clean the loo, she'd go up, but she'd get another girl to come up with her. And that girl would have her break Thank and she you. would just stay maybe outside the door or on the landing while she cleaned the bathrooms. Um, because she said she saw somebody in the mirror um one one night when she was cleaning the sinks and that was it she yeah. wouldn't go up anymore you know so we used really? to you know did she describe yeah, the yeah. person in the mirror or anything like that you don't know she saw um, she said she saw a woman as, as far as I remember and it was like she was coming out of the mirror like she was going forward and then she did say she had um, a frilly kind of a, a frilly thing or a cameo or a frilly I can't remember now uh, yeah. Denise I think was her name um, she said, you know, like, you know, Edwardian or Victorian. Yeah, like, yeah. Coming out. So yeah. she, I mean, are you, like, because somebody could have said to her when she started, you, you know, this place is haunted and she could have had it in her mind then afterwards. But Well, oh, to be no, honest, no. it was only afterwards. It was only afterwards. I mean, we, we, I suppose we we said it was haunted from, from our experiences, if that makes sense, because yeah. we were there from day one. Um, and there used to be a guy, he was lovely, uh, the Huguenot restaurant, he wanted it. Um, he glasses, he was English. Yeah. He, um, we'd often go down there, you know, after hours for something to eat. Yeah. Because he knew what the, the managers and the owners. And he would tell us all stories about um, his restaurant there, the Huguenot, uh, Huguenot's old restaurant. Um, Strange you know, carry on in the Huguenot, is it? Oh, yeah. You know, he'd say the chef's experience stuff and... Um, it's that area, you know, you know it's, it's that himself. area. It's that complete it's area. Right yeah. Well, Neil, would be... Um, Jordan Bracken because I worked with him that yeah. time in history and all of that and, yeah. and another good person would be Larry she was talking about him while ago. Larry O'Driscoll yeah great yeah. stories of different scary things happening because obviously they'd be there kind of at the end of the night as doormen right, yeah. so there was a lot of I mean there was one guy I remember who went in and Joe I remember was one guy's name and his brother oh, was yeah. a door, uh, was his brother was a doorman as well and they used to do, they were painters but I think by trade and they went in the one night painting it and they literally ran out of the place. They said yeah, yeah. one of the sofas literally came tumbling down the stairs up at the top. What? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. Mm-hmm. Ask them because mm-hmm. when they told the story, they ran out the door. Oh, God. I thought it was next week I'd be talking about ghosts and strange oh, yeah. carry on with Halloween, but this is a great you know. start. <laughs> yeah, and I even have a video of like I work in place now at the moment in Carrigline and I even have a video of really 
weird thing that happened in the kitchen and it all caught on camera. That's just... Ah, uh, you got to share that with me though, will you? I will. I'll, I'll try to send it to you. Okay, but I'll put you back on hold and we can make that happen. I'd love to see that video. And hopefully this will encourage more people next week to share their own ghostly stories or experiences because you guys have really started it this morning. Fair play. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, listen, I hope you're both enjoying the jazz weekend ahead. And uh, do send me that video, though. I will, of course. I will. Definitely. Okay, guys, listen, I'm going to clip ahead there. But thanks, Colette. Thanks, Thank Lisa. You're welcome. Great memories. You too. And have that Mangan's reunion, really and truly. Do. Uh, lines open at 1850 Text 868 And also, don't forget, Free Food Friday with Oak Fire Pizza. Let us know who you are and where you are. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Lots more gigs to look forward to. See Red FM News this morning posting that Simply Red have announced uh, Live at the Marquee for next year. A lot of uh, gigs being announced, of course, for next uh, spring and summer. And that's the latest one I see being announced for the Marquee, which is back next next year and Simply Red are amongst them. Uh, lines are open at one 106 We'll pick it up after 11 with live jazz in studios well with the Roaring Forties. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. It's all about the jazz. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. Wonderwall! I just promised myself last year that I'd bring that album in this year because it's one of my favourite all-time albums. Paul Anker does loads of different covers from loads of different artists and amongst them Oasis and Wonderwall and he is a serious talent. It's a great album. Go out and buy a copy of it for yourself. It's the Jazz Weekend. We'll be going live to studio for George in the Roaring Forties after the break. A couple of lovely nostalgic emails, actually. There's a lovely story coming from a family who are coming back. Uh, hi, Neil. Today, Friday, I'll be returning to Cork for a visit for the first time in almost eight years. I've been living in Boston since April 2014. We left when my son, Shay, was nine months old and I haven't been back since. We're beyond excited and they're back Today, Shay thinks he's going to paradise and in some way it is paradise and a dream come true for him. Our family have come and gone for years and now it's our time to visit. We haven't seen them in over two years. They were out last. We just missed my niece's communion and Shay made his communion here in Boston in May. So we're going to celebrate their communion day once more and all together. We've missed too much. Happy and sad. We are most excited to jump to just simply hang out with our family and to have Shay play with his cousins. He must think they're all celebrities living in this magical place that we never stop talking about, Cork. My first stop is going to be KC's for a meat patty and a chip butty and then over to get a 99. Shay is a hurling and football fanatic and plays for St. Brendan's in Boston. I play for Boston Shamrocks. He'll be doing a hurling camp in our local club in Passage West next week. 
We listen to your podcast every day. It keeps the Corconian alive in me. Just wanted to share a good news story during these crazy times, says Kira. It'll be great to have you back on Lee side with all the family, Kira. Enjoy your stay and catching up with family and your meat patty from Casey's. I think you probably have to book your slot for Casey's. You're probably well aware of that. I don't think that's changed. I think you have to book ahead for that. I could be wrong. Open to correction. But just check it out nonetheless. Now, just a quick phone call because I'm keen to talk to Kieran Gould. Kieran, good morning. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry, buddy. I really and truly am. My apologies. <laughs> well, I'll never rob you anyway, that's for sure. So you, ah, geez, you're, you're lovely voice. Anyway. Yeah. We like to listen to your voice. Anyway, so let's not well, fight. fair play to you for what you do in the community. You visit a woman, is that right? With coal, is it? Yeah, I, I go to this woman there for about eight or nine years. Uh, <clears throat> and um, what's her name? My husband lost a job last year. And she's struggling to buy the coal. And I said to her, I said, look, look. Go to see Mr. Paul. I said, take a look after him. Call. I said, there's a lot of people there that are going to Mike. You're, you're, you're in trouble. I said, you need help. And she was embarrassed. And I forced her anyway to, to make the call. Yeah. But she got the call anyway the second half of last year. So this year she made a call again because the husband is not back at work. And she's struggling. She had four young kids. Yeah. And she made a call into Tucky Street. And uh, Tucky Street got back to work. And she left the four number. And they got back to work. And uh, she said, we'll have to investigate this. No, your honor said before. We'll investigate it and then come to the end of the conversation. You're not in the age category to get the call. But she did get it last year from Vincent Bond. She, she got it last year, but uh, we get older, not younger, do you know what I mean? So she, she, she was in the right age last year. She got it last year and she's not getting it this year. Like. And she's, she, she doesn't mind you saying she's 46. Yeah, it's 46, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, she has a young family, four young kids. Four young kids. I'm going lonely. I see people now are getting it. There's younger people than her getting it, like, do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, yeah. that EH thing is only a joke, like, you know, because what's the, um, I see people, like I deliver call, I see who's getting the, you know who's getting the, they call it the Vinnie call, like, you know. So because you yeah. deliver the Vinnie call as well as everybody else. No, 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 I don't deliver it there. I, they won't get back to me. I try to get out, I was on queue before, they're about signing to get a runoff from it. They yeah. won't even get back to me. They won't even check out my prices or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what's the end? You're a coal merchant, yeah. No, when we, we called St. Vincent de Paul yesterday um, when we heard this story, and Paddy O'Flynn from the St. Vincent de Paul said, he, and this is a quote, he says, it depends on the person's circumstances, but he has promised that he will check it with the staff in Tokyo Street and come back to us. But you're saying that she said that she was told she was too young. She's too young, that was it, she was too young. Uh, that was the end of it. She said, at the start, the girl said that she's investigating that, and at the end of it, you're too young, it's your in the wrong category. And, and what's, what it. criteria yeah. do you have to meet for assistance from St. Vincent de Paul? Do you know? Well, well, well you, you want to be badly stuck, but this girl is badly stuck to heal up a whole snake. Or go on tomorrow. Like, it'd be my best interest if she didn't get the call because she'd have to buy it off me. But I, I don't want that. I, I know she's struggling to pay. She can't pay the, the, for the quality. And what are, is she okay for food and bills being paid and things? Or is, that all, is she, all of it a struggle? She's struggling, she's struggling away. Like, but it's just the bit cold to heat the house, like, do you know what I mean? It was a nice cushion for her. Like, it helped her last year. And, you know, she, she couldn't argue with the girl on the phone because fucking, she said it's free stuff, she said. Do you know what I mean? I can't. Yeah, and, and she, I, she was that, embarrassed right? asking in the first place as it was, rather than and them being knocked back. It's very, it's mortifying. It's a lot, no need to ring someone for something for free, like, do you know, you, do you know, terrible people, like, and then to be turned on like that, like, do you know, well, she couldn't say nothing then, like, you know. I know, well, it, it does get cold. And you know the clear nights, you'd know more about this than anyone because you're dealing in cold, but you know the clear nights, it gets very cold in the evenings than when the skies are clear. 
It would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be very, very cool. Like, and this, this, this woman always in there. She's in an old house as well. Oh, for God's sake. Well, I you hope that they I come did. back to us ASAP and rectify that. I'd love to chat oh, with somebody please. from the Vincent de Paul, but that's what she was said, any That was what was said to her. You are too young. Yeah, too young. She got it last year. But we are getting older, me. Not young. I know, but so the heat, the, the, like the cold or poverty or hunger, it doesn't discriminate by virtue of age. No, because it can happen anyone. This one was great. I'm going to be about eight or nine years, whatever. No problems. You know, she gets her cold every week. There's no problem. And I could see that she was struggling last year. And I said to her then, look, I oh, give her a call and take like, And she never caught me. She always paid, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Both watching the end. You could see that she was struggling. Okay. You know? okay. I, I said, Jesus, you want to go out there and get help. Like I said, Jesus, come on. I yeah. said, when you're back on your feet, you can give back then. Like, do you know what but I mean? Why I said, give it one year and then not another? Yeah, I can't understand. I'm going mad for her. I swear to God, she's down. Like, do you know what I mean? Well, I, I guarantee you we're going to get people looking to buy bags of coal for. I've already had a, per- a, a listener who says she wants to pay for five bags of coal for that lady. So, you know, that's the kind of kindness and generosity yeah. on Lee's side for you. So, there's decent people out there. Like, but she, okay. like, people are embarrassed asking me, and then to get that far back in your. Well, will you please, I mean, if you're chatting, will you please tell her don't worry because kind people will help. And as I say, already five bags of coal. And if others want to give anything, then they'll get in touch with me over text 0868104106. But I'm waiting on the Vincent DePaul to come back. If she got it once, oh, why wouldn't they continue? Yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah. Like, and if, if she's back lofty, then she can pay her back in other ways. Then, do you know Correct. What I mean? like, yeah. When people are down, you help them. But when she's up, she'd be forced to help someone. Like, do you know what I mean? Big time. Thank you for bringing it yeah. to our attention, though. And I encourage other people to bring stories like that to our attention. Well, done Kieran. we'll be back to you hopefully we'll have some good news alright so hopefully okay and Lloyd from the Murphy Stout Whiskey Company wants to pay for five bags of coal for that lady apparently that's the person who got in touch so well done to them great car company alright be back to you Kieran. thanks a lot as soon as I get a response from um, St Vincent de Paul I will bring it to air but if you do wish to to help in any way shape or form text 0868104106 you can't have a family with young children going cold by virtue of their age for God's sake. Back after the break live in studio, George and the Roaring Forties. We've got George on vocals, Peter on drums, Roy on trumpet and Tony on piano. Live jazz as we kick off the jazz on Side after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. As they used to say back in the day, we're going live to Studio 27. Off to George and the Forties. Morning. Morning. Buonasera, signorina, buonasera. It is time to sing night to Napoli. Though it's hard for us to whisper, buonasera. With that old moon hanging above that Mediterranean sea. In the morning, Signorina will go walking Where the mountain helps the sun come into sight And by noon, your shop will stop and linger While I buy a wedding ring for your finger In the meantime, let me tell you that I love you Buonasera, Signorina, kiss me goodnight Buonasera, signorina, kiss me goodnight. Bopsy dizzy dizzy do top, bully dead do do. So ba ba da ba. Buonasera, signorina, buonasera. It is time to say goodnight to Napoli. Though it's a hard for us to whisper, buonasera. Buonasera. With that old moon hanging about, 
the Mediterranean Sea In the morning, Signorino, we'll go walking Where the mountain helps the sun come into sight And by the little jewelry shop, we'll stop and linger While I buy a wedding ring for your finger In the meantime, let me tell you that I love you, cork Buonasera, signorina, kiss me goodnight He's live in studio and there, of course, playing right across the jazz. Oh, we also have tickets to give away for the jazz weekend at the Metropole. So this is the cue to call you're listening out for sometime between now and midday. Gets you and whomever you choose to take with you into Saturday at the jazz. And it kicks off Saturday at one o'clock. So have a listen to this. Or 10 on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I don't know whether you can hear me or not, the jazz master. Can you hear me, Georgie boy? I can indeed. Oh Neil. my God, you guys are really, really in top form. So, the, the coronavirus and COVID and no gigs has had no effect whatsoever on your performance. Well done. No, no, well, we, don't forget, we mime. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, talking about jokes, I see this morning um, a, a post online uh, from Ask Audrey where she describes the jazz weekend as puck fair with Trump Trombones. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> fair with trombones. Uh, oh my god. I, I think also your your karaoke's online with Orla have stood to you, pal. Oh, didn't they? Yes. I took that was very good. That kept my voice in um <laughs> some kind of sort of a near tip top yeah. condition. The are sounding good. I want more of those between now and midday if you don't mind. Oh, okay, more scatting, lads. You're gonna have to teach me more scatting. All right. This may be the last time that I get to chat with you. So where are you playing across the weekend? I know you're in Barry's Monday afternoon, right? Monday afternoon, Please. we're there. Uh, five till seven, we're at Barry's. And uh, we're, we're starting off with the Imperial three times, three till five. Uh, that's um, Friday, today, tomorrow and Sunday. Brilliant. Uh, we're playing at the Marina 
um, the the uh, what's it called market the market yeah uh, on Monday from I think it's from one till three so we're looking forward to that one I think they're letting you into the Met as well aren't they oh yeah the Metropole they're having us uh, from seven till nine on Saturday Tomond Bar <laughs> uh, I think we've got a, we've got a, a young girl um, singing with us in the Tomond Bar on Saturday night Grania isn't it yeah 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 she's going to come along and sing a couple is of that songs. the girl that's been practicing. She's, I, I don't know what she's been practising. She said she's very good at Tina Turner songs. That's, you mean you haven't done any rehearsals? <laughs> no, I don't like to do rehearsals with people. I like to throw <laughs> them in the deep end. <laughs> Is that why you didn't bring her along with you this morning? Then? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, it's great to be back, isn't it? It's great to have live jazz, and it's great to be gigging again. It is lovely to be gigging, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if the people are going to be sitting down. You see, the, thing, the great thing about the Roaring Forties is you can dance to them, or you can just sit and watch them. I think they could probably dance with their chair, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be... Uh, it's nice that it's back. Bring it on, baby. Bring yeah. it on. Okay, talk to you in a few minutes' time. Get ready for another number, all right? Oh, will do. Talk to you soon. Cheers. George in the Roaring Forties, live in studio. That was a lot of fun. Talking about fun, I don't know whether this, uh, whether this is fun or fear. Let us find out, shall we? Anne-Marie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How no, are you doing? I'm good. How are they all at Just For Men Manscaping on the Grand Parade, please? Oh, my goodness, we're all gearing up now for November, you know. Uh, well, gear up for the jazz weekend first, and then we'll look at November. <laughs> but I have the most beautiful photograph of the of of, of you from, from the back, with the, most uh-huh. glu- with the most beautiful flowing mane of hair that you wish to get rid of. Yeah, I'm going to have a shave off to raise funds for the Movember Foundation. All of that As beautiful you know, hair? It's always been our thing. Yeah, all of it. And I'm going to ask you to do it. Yeah. So you can have a razor and literally go, <laughs> I will, yeah. I will, You yeah. can? Absolutely. I'm absolutely inviting you to do it. Now, we'll get the, the, the proper it's... Uh, people in to cut the hair off first because it's going to be donated for wigs. Oh, so, so you, you wouldn't let me go near it with the scissors, but you let me do the electric <laughs> part of it at the end. Absolutely. <laughs> it's waist length, Anne-Marie. How long did it take to grow? Uh, I think it's about four or five years. And it's natural. There's no colour in it. So it, it's kind of in demand because it doesn't have any chemicals or anything. Are you telling me but that yeah, five years ago you had done? short hair? I did. It took only five years to grow see, yeah. to your waist. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Absolutely. And will you not miss well, it? COVID, you couldn't go to a hairdresser, could you? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. We were all we all had the DIY kits out and buying a barber barber scissors and everything like that. But will you not miss it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm I'm shaking in my boots. I the idea I'm going to go completely bald. But you know what? People go through cancer. They lose their hair. This is no different. It's going to go back. So it's a bit, a bit like putting your money where your mouth is. You know? Correct, and you know something, you're going to get wigs made out of it for cancer patients. <laughs> yes, yeah, we are. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So while while that happens, you'll have to get a beanie because you'll be frozen with the cold. <laughs> I told the guys they owe me a hat for every day of the week until I have something to show again. All right, okay. <laughs> Can we share this photograph and tee it up? When are we doing this? Um, November, yeah, I suppose. Date, so it will be the end of, yeah, the, towards the end of November. I'm also going to do the 60 kilometer walk for, from, for November. Um, well done. So yeah, you are putting your money where your mouth is. Well done. Yeah. Well done.
Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, listen, great. I'm 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 up for it. I thought it involved the scissors, Good. but thank God it doesn't. You've got to get a professional <laughs> to do that. I'll I'll just no, do the we'll I'll do the do that, I, yeah. I'm the tidying up man. Is it? <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> I don't trust you. I don't trust you. All right. Well, listen, let's make it happen. You come back to me with a date. We can do it live in studio if you want. Why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to do that because, you know, it's a, it's a big deal to take off this much hair, especially for a woman. No, not at all. Let, um, me, let me at it. I'll get it done within. I'll get, I'll get that done during an ad break. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> done. That's what I'm afraid of, Neil. <laughs> well, you've asked. Now you can't take it back. Speedy, Gon- Speedy no, 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 Gonzalez, I, I'm me. really up for it. And, right. um, you know, I, I really want... We, we know during COVID, we had some customers and we all know people and family and friends who've suffered with mental health. Oh, sure. We know. all know guys go through a tough time I with know. oncology, you You're know, right. whether warriors or survivors. You know, and I've trained in oncology during COVID and we're, we've added that to our training modules for our students as Isn't well. That amazing. So we're always trying to make things a bit better for guys, you know, that they feel a bit safer. They know when they come in that they were going to be looked after. Trained and in oncology to deal with, cancer. in what way? Cancer. No, I know well, that, but what... what tra- through, yeah. Well, you see, if you're going through cancer treatment and if they're taking out any of the lymph glands, if you knock or you, maybe you knock a machine or you massage in the wrong area, you can actually cause huge damage. I see so then. As we're a, training as our students how to adapt to everything and all of our staff now know how to adapt to all of the services just to protect guys when they're vulnerable. Staying one step ahead. Well done for that. Okay, Anne-Marie, listen, we'll chat again um, uh, sometime in November and uh, bring your scissors or bring your little electrical Machine shaver or whatever the case may be. And yeah. <laughs> all would be well in the hood, all right? Oh, I tell you what, I'll be as sick as a dog now going in, but I know it's for a good cause, all and right. I know it'll go back. We'll talk. All good in the hood. We'll talk at that stage. Cheers for now. Have a great weekend, all right? And you too, my dear. God bless. All the Take best. Care. Take care. Free Food Friday shout-outs, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. For, uh, talking about hair. Hennessy Hair and Beauty Supplies in Pembroke Street. Always listening. Cheer us up for all the roadworks that are going on in Pembroke Street at the moment. Uh, to uh, Finton Ford and Graham Fitzpatrick. A big shout-out working up in Dublin Hill. Broderick's Chemist on Barrick Street. Everybody down at uh, in Dunmanway, including Claire, who's listening. To all of your loyal listeners, again, more hairdressing. Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney. And O'Reilly Crash Repairs in Drumaliga. Hope to get more time for more shout outs we got more live music George in the Roaring 40s after the break The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM Our phone lines remain open after midday 1850-104-106 Says you need to be talking more about the cost of hotels in Cork this weekend Welcome to Rip Off Ireland uh, One or two hotel prices that leave a lot to be desired Jury's in um, something like 800 euro and somebody also says they checked Hayfield and it came in at 1600 euro which is a lot of dosh even for a five star lovely text saying the roaring 40s are unreal Neil thanks for playing that bit of jazz I'm working all weekend Blind oh, hang on a second you've got to restart that I'm working all weekend long uh, so I won't get out so I'm really enjoying the show today thank you for that well it's just about getting into the swing of it and getting no into the post oh they've already started no. Who's the greatest band around? They make the jump jabbers in town. They're the ones that sing and shout. These five guys named Mo. Who makes the old men jump and shout? They make the young ones they run about. They're the ones they're raving about. These five guys named Mo. They came out of nowhere, and that don't mean a thing. Uh, you get high, you know why, when you hear them sing. Highbrow, lowbrow, all agree. 
with the greatest harmony. I'm telling you folks, you really want to see five guys named Mo. Hit it. It's Mr. Roy Kelleher on the trumpet. That laugh and shout They're the ones that run about We're the ones that they're raving about These five guys named Moa We came out of nowhere But that don't mean a thing You'll get high You know why When you hear them sing Highbrow, lowbrow, all agree We're the greatest harmony I'm telling you folks You really want to see Five guys named Moa Five little Roaring 40s live in studio. Apologies, I missed the start of that. They're in a different studio. We didn't miss much, but sounding good. We'll check back in with them again this side of uh, midday, and then off we go for the jazz right across the long bank holiday weekend. Morning to all. This is Free Food Friday. Shout us. Probably the last ones I'll do. Ballonine Skip Hour. Morning to you all. Everybody at Union Hall smoked fish. To S Tires. Morning, Paul. To the Puffin Ward of the CUH. Mary Coakley and all of the ward would love some pizza. Says Vince. To Argos in Mahan. Fleming's Pharmacy on the Douglas Road. And they'll share it next door with Texco Express. Breast Check Clinic on Infirmary Road. To the plasterers working in the Harpers Creek Estate in Glownton. Morning to all of you guys and gals. Perhaps admissions department in the South Infirmary. We're starving. Uh, Impact Ireland Metals in Glanmire are listening. Unifar and Toker keeping all the chemists and hospitals afloat. Good work. Some yummy pizza, please, they say. Pampered Paws in Middleton. Uh, morning to everybody. And to Custom Engineering in Blackpool. Would love pizza to start the jazz weekend off. I'd love to give everybody pizza, but we have to do a draw to be fair to everybody. Mind you, uh, some people are still saying that we're going too fast and too far. Uh, Anthony says, with the country recklessly open, opening up, even though COVID numbers are getting higher by the day, Neffet has now advised people over 60 and the vulnerable to curtail their movements. What are they playing at? Reopening the country on the one hand and asking entire other sections of society to limit their movements again. It's crazy stuff to see. And there's more like that, although people say we need to stop scaremongering. It sounds cringy 
Um, um, Neil, after the jazz weekend and all the drunken shenanigans given the green light, fake vaccine certs, the numbers will skyrocket in a few weeks' time. Mark my words, it's reckless. You don't have to be a medic or a scientist to predict the outcome. Uh, that's just a selection of both. But what else are you going to do? I mean, how long do you have the pause button cut? Uh, how long do you have the pause button on? At some stage, we need to start moving. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, things will be all right. I mean, a lot of it is seasonal too, so what can you do? Okay, um, my apologies. I just want to talk to Sean here from a topic from earlier in the week. It all started with an email of a, 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 a mother whose daughter was called awful words, actually, lazy and evil by the teacher. She wasn't maybe pulling her weight in the school or in the class and doing enough homework, but you can't call children names like that. Sean? Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. And at 21, I mean, you're out of school, but only a few years. You describe it as, it can be toxic, you say. Yeah, it's toxic. Uh, toxic to the mindset of a child. Children are really the future. We shouldn't be, as p- teachers, people, children look up to, shouldn't we really be putting them down as such. Mm-hmm. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to depression. It's a form of bullying, I suppose, isn't it? It's a major form of bullying, and it's kind of what's wrong with the school systems now. Did you, wit- did you witness really it? Protected. Did you witness it? I've... Yeah, I witnessed it in school. I've seen, I've, I myself now haven't been on the end of it, but I've seen like how it destroys people and like even leaving certain junior cert results and stuff like that as well, all the pressures. As if they haven't enough pressure to be dealing with. So were you in classes where classmates were, were, were victimised? Uh, yeah. Um, it happens a few times throughout the year and it's the same teachers and it's, Really, people we should be looking up to, really. That. And why are there specific teachers who do this? Do they, I, do they not like their job or what? Or is it a power thing? I don't really know, to be honest. I, I myself, uh, children are really born to hate people that they don't. That's not what a child does. So it's for a child to be acting up in class, it has to be something that the teacher's doing. And that's. Mm-hmm. The way to look at it, really. Yeah, yeah. And in the in the case of this mother and daughter, she doesn't want to bring it up with the principal because she thinks it would go worse for the child. Have you thoughts on that? Um, I think that no matter what, she has to really put forward because if the child is dealing with that on a regular occurrence and other kids pick up on it, and other kids then will think that it's okay to be calling children, uh, their classmates names. or their friends these names, and it's just it's not right. So go to the principal, bring your daughter and get the teacher placed on internal observation. What's that? Uh, it's where the teacher is watched inside in the class to see if she's doing this to other kids or if she continues doing it. It's where teachers basically being um, observed by the school to make sure that this, do- this incident doesn't happen And again. that's the point I wanted to chat with you about. Does that happen where somebody goes in to observe the teacher at work? Yeah, it's happened a few times where you have... Um, like um, in his, in schools that they have the career guidance counsellors sometimes in secondary schools are principals or vice principals in primary schools where these people can go in and watch the teacher at work. Seems a bit pointless though because if you put somebody in to observe a teacher who's calling names to a student they'll behave then, won't they? And but that's really what you want at the end of the day, isn't it? Though, no, but, you to behave you shouldn't have to be, but you shouldn't have to be. But you shouldn't have to be babysitting a teacher. You shouldn't really. Well, if the teacher's misbehaving, he's going to have to be watched, or she. 
I never, I never knew that that was in place in some secondary schools. All right, good points. Food for thought. Thanks, Sean. Enjoy your weekend. Appreciate you taking the call. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. I come back to this on uh, oh it's Tuesday now. I nearly said Monday. You know the sentence of six months for uh, letting two rats off inside in an office. Uh, man needs mental health assessment. One person is saying uh, we're constant. We need consistency and sentencing from judges. The man gets six months. A few weeks ago, another person got a suspended sentence for possession of child pornography. Another one then a few weeks back got suspended sentence for strangulation and, and things like that. Uh, the case should have been given a total suspended sentence. Somebody else says, I'm just flicking through them here. Drug dealers and people who are committing assaults all over the city get suspended sentence. This man should not be in prison. Uh, another one's here. Beggar's belief, people committing much more serious crimes and they walk free and he gets six months jail. If you came late to the program and you didn't hear that at the start, it was a six-month sentence for letting two rats off uh, in his uh, in his in his place of employment, his ex in place of employment now got a twelve month sentence fine, and the twelve month sentence was six months suspended for that. So that'll be Tuesday. We'll come back to that. If you've got thoughts on it, get in touch. But a little bit of housekeeping at this stage. <laughs> All about the jazz this weekend and their tickets for the Metropole. Call it 10 on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Meanwhile, okay, this is great because this got sorted, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't tell you that it got sorted. It was a story revolving last minute intervention that sorted out Michelle's passport off on holidays. I think it's the first week in November, Michelle, isn't it? Good morning from beautiful Killarney, Neil. Ah, uh, well done. Good morning to you all in Killarney. So, how often did you send? When did you send off for it? Was it a renewal or a new one or what? I sent off for a Passport Express. I was renewing, but I was actually changing to my married name. So right. the reason I didn't do Passport online was because I had to send off my marriage search and things like that. So I sent off the whole package from the post office doing Express. Express thinking I wasn't going to be waiting three months for oh, a yeah, I mean, come on. Has the news got to Killarney about the delays? So I had... Oh, I know there's loads of delays. There's thousands of people delayed. I know that. But, but the online was probably saying... Something that wasn't true, was it? You know, the portal where you get different updates? But see, Neil, this day and age, not everybody can do online. Do you know what I mean? So I just said, like, I could do half of my passport online and I'd have to send off the rest of the stuff by post. Yeah. So I said, you know, to be on the safe side, I'll send the whole lot off on Passport Express. Okay, and three months later, nothing happened. Three months later. I know people are doing it online, they have it a week, but I did not think I was going to be waiting. So I was tracking it all along and they told me that I'd have it. I'd receive it on the 13th of October, which I didn't receive on the 13th of October. So I was starting to panic because we're traveling in two weeks time. So I said I'd ring the passport office in Dublin and got through to somebody after hours of calling. And he said to me, well, it's looking very doubtful that you'll have a passport in two weeks time. And I said, well, what can I do? Can I get an emergency passport? What can I do? He said, no, because you already have an application made, so you can't have an emergency passport. And I said, so are you basically telling me to cancel my holiday? Yeah. He said, yes, I yeah. am. Yeah. And I was like, I am going on this holiday no matter what. Where I are you going? Do, Where are you going? going We're going to Tenerife. Lovely. So a bit of I winter decided yeah. I would get on to Brinda, the wonderful Brinda Dunhe. Yeah. And Brenda said that she'd sent through an email for me and I got on to our local politicians here, the Healy Rays, Michael Healy Ray and his yeah. son Jackie. Yeah. And yesterday evening, I got a phone call from 
Dublin passport office saying that they had received a few emails about my passport and that my passport will be in the post today and I'll have it on Monday. Okay, I just wanted to say, we're claiming that as a result and a victory for us, not for the Healy Rays. Is that okay? Yeah, I am. Yeah, and I'm so grateful for yourself and Brenda. We will be lost. Uh, Everyone in Cork will be lost without yourself. Well said. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, Neil, it just boils down to it's not who you know, it's what you know. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Oh, listen, tell me, unfortunately, we get calls from other people all of the time whose passports are in the waiting or they're trying to get a new one or it's out of date. And a lot of the time, we have no luck whatsoever. So, to get a bit of luck like this is great. I'm so grateful, Neil. I am really, really grateful. And, Neil, I was just listening to your story there, Kieran Joyce. So, I'm so grateful to get my passport. I would love to send in a gift voucher for Duns for that girl with the four kids because I'm so grateful. The girl who can't get the call from Vincent DePaul. Thank you so much. Oh, it's great. Somebody helps me, so I'd love to help somebody else. Michelle, it's a great way to finish the week with a comment and a sentiment like that. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful bank holiday weekend. You too, girl. Mind yourself. Take care. Thank you. Well done. Thanks for that. Sorted, and she wants to pass it on. And you can do that. Send us the voucher, and we'll put it on uh, on our, our wish list and get it sorted for that lady and get it to her. If I have an update, it will be Tuesday at this stage with regards to the coal and St. Vincent de Paul. Okay. Um, well done, actually, well done, Chris Higginbottom from Frankfield and Douglas. You're off to the jazz. So you got double passes for Saturday. Now, if you're free Saturday lunchtime, it all starts at one o'clock in the Met and it goes into the wee small hours of the morning thereafter at the Met. Well, you'll be there for as much as you wish with whomever you choose to take with you. So enjoy that. Can I just also please, if you don't mind, thank you. I've just been given our free food Friday winner Oak Fire Pizza. It'll feed 15 of you, so I hope there's 15. I know there's David O'Keefe and the rest of the lads who are working hard at Custom Engineering in Blackpool. They said, we'd love some pizza to start the jazz weekend off right. So that's sorted for you. 15 of you. So if there's not 15 of you, or maybe you're big eaters, I don't know, share it with the good people of Blackpool, will you? Okay, our lines will stay open at one 104 The lads should be standing by. George in the Roaring Forties, I'm keen to get another tune. So in your own time, guys, whenever you're ready, take thank, it away. Thank you very much. Should we do another one? Yeah. We'll see everybody uh, over the weekend. Uh, looking forward to it. Do try and come to our matinee performances, because generally over the past year or so, we've been going to bed at around about 10 in the evening. <laughs> So, uh, just bear that in mind when you're coming out. Right, that's, uh, this one's called, what's it called? Choo-choo. Choo-choo. It's about a train, children. I start this, don't I? Choo-choo, choo-choo, jaboogie, woo-woo. Woo-woo, jaboogie, choo-choo. Choo-choo, jaboogie, take me right back to the track, Jack. I'm standing on a platform, there's a pack on my back I'm tired of transportation, it's the back of a hack I love to hear the rhythm and the clickety-crack And watch the train of billowing smoke from that stack And hang about with Democratic Blues and Mac So take me right back to the track Jack, yeah, choo-choo Choo-choo, jaboogie, woo-woo Woo-woo, jaboogie, choo-choo Choo-choo, jaboogie Take me right back to the track Jack I'm standing on a platform, but alas and a lack. There ain't no thing to get me on the track. I picked it up and looked it up and down. But you were nowhere where to be found. I picked it up and put it back into the rack. So take me right back to the track, yeah. Choo-choo. Choo-choo, jaboogie, woo-woo. Woo-woo, jaboogie, choo-choo. Choo-choo, jaboogie. Take me right back to the track, Jack. Music wide, boy. 
in down shack When I hear the rhythm, I can peep through that crack I watch the train of billowing smoke from that stack And hang about with Democratic fellas named Mac So send me right back to the track, yeah Choo-choo, choo-choo, jaboogie, woo-woo Woo-woo, jaboogie, choo-choo Choo-choo, jaboogie, send me right back to the track Jack, mind the gap Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you later. Absolutely. Have a great bank holiday weekend. Enjoy the jazz, everybody. And check out the Roaring Forties. They're in great voice. Absolutely top class. See you maybe Monday afternoon at uh, at Barry's if I can get in there. If they let me in there with me COVID cert, George, and it'll be a lot of fun and a bit of bugging. So enjoy the bank holiday weekend, everybody. Just before I go, um, a lot of fun, actually, with regards to the nightclubs and things like that. Might well come back to that on Tuesday. And also, I love those stories about the ghost stories from Mang. We were told the Mangans was uh, buried, was built on a graveyard. It most definitely is haunted. Great to hear the Mangans stories this morning being mentioned on the air. Working at the moment, so I can't come out here, but I worked there for 14 years, right up to when it closed. We called the ghost in Mangans Claudia. Do you remember the story earlier on where she, the girl was in the, cleaning the, the bathroom and she was cleaning him and looked in the mirror and there was a woman came in, as in came out of the wall or a mirror or something dressed in Victorian clothes but apparently they called her Claudia we had many sightings of her as well we had spirit bottles falling noises coming from upstairs lots of stories to tell and great memories I'd love to have more of those on, on Tuesday I was only asking you what nightclub you'd expect it. we'd love to get back open again actually just funnily enough ahead in the news there I also was chatting with uh, Lana O'Connor on the matter and you have your own nightclub that you'd like to bring back oh, to I believe do you? Zoe's Zoe's. Zoe's and I, I, I think I'm right in this but um, I can't remember his first name but the owner his surname was Power and his daughter was Zoe she was Zoe Power that's the reason um, I yeah I assume so because I'm sure she lived in Rochester because I remember a friend of mine was friendly with her so we'd often get in with Zoe <laughs> you know the concessions do you remember yeah. those they yeah, were just yeah. amazing and we thought we were like you know the queens being allowed in but it was the the chips <laughs> that came at 11 o'clock do you remember they used to have to serve food be obl- usually well back in the day when I was gigging and the likes of the the city or in a lot of this country ones down in Kinsale it would be like curry and chips you know? yeah it was our sausages yeah but it was probably last week's curry oh, sure, and chips of course it was in, in a big metal drum but after you've had a few bottles of Ritz as they used to be at the time you'd be dying for the, the sausages and chips and the slow set then it was great there was, oh yeah the clingers yeah and do you remember our own Levine used to be played at the end of the night the lights would go on and they'd play I the never, national anthem. I never played the national oh anthem in a disco. I well, they did in Zoe's. Did they really? <laughs> they did, yeah. Did you all stand to attention? Yeah, we did. <laughs> was it a Republican nightclub or what? No, it was just, it was, <laughs> I thought it was everywhere, but then Zoe's was really kind of our hangout, so maybe, maybe no, other clubs didn't City, do it. I played City, I played Urban, I played Country Towns, I <laughs> played West Cork, I played Kerry and Newcastle. We never played the national anthem. Yeah, they used to play, and the lights would go on and you'd stand and wherever you were and <laughs> for our own Levine, yeah. <laughs> Like, like you didn't have the Angelus at midnight or anything. No, no, not that I remember. <laughs> oh my God, there were other bells going off when I was at nightclubs, but not oh those ones. God, the <laughs> stories are amazing. All right, let's just have gather yourself, then we'll come back Cheers. to it. So we'll come back to that again on Tuesday. Good time, Charlie's was the club over the over the Oliver Plunk at the Seine. If actually Zoe's, if you wind the clock way way back, you're talking about Good Time Charlie's on the ground floor as well. Um, and if Good Time Charlie's would have been there, and at the same time, way up on the other side of town, you would have had the carousel. I can't help but think but I played them all mother of god that sounds like a long long time ago uh, what
what's the story with the clocks going back? Not this weekend, but uh, next weekend. And is the, is the is this the end of the clocks going back and forward for next year? Yeah, I think there was talk about that. Actually, wasn't uh, wasn't they weren't they talking about that in the EU, the European Parliament, maybe around the time as they were complaining about the curvy bananas. But I'll have to love you and leave you. Enjoy the bank holiday weekend. Not here on Monday, but we'll pick up on all of the different stories, including the nightclub stories, and also hopefully we'll get a lot of good ghost stories for next week as well as we head into Halloween. In the, enjoy the jazz. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.